Yo, man, what's the matter with you? Sorry, I'll get it next time, I promise. All right, and that was I'm the Man, originally by Anthrax, but in this instance, that is Lily Rose Depp and Harley Quinn Smith um, playing uh, their cover of it. That also is how they opened the movie Yoga Hosers, which we will be reviewing today, the new Kevin Smith um, horror comedy vehicle for his daughter and daughter's best friend, who's also the daughter <laughs> of uh, uh, one Johnny Depp. And we'll be talking about that movie today. We watched it. It's not a movie. And uh, don't, don't want to bury the lead on how we felt about it. We'll be at the main <laughs> event today, but we also have so much to talk to on this episode of The New Flesh Podcast, a podcast for horror movies and all things horror-related. What's up, horror fans? I am your host, Joe Avella. My Twitter handle is at Joe Avella on Twitter. And with me is co-host... Brett Arnold, at Brett Redacted on Twitter. All right. We got so much to talk about, man. I watched like a million movies. Thanks to our episode last week, which was the things... uh, The uh, The SEO episode. The SEO, SEO episode about what to watch on streaming. Brett inspired me to get a week... Uh, trial subscription of Shutter, which I need to cancel today. So I watched a shit forget. ton of horror movies, and it was great. And we've and uh, we got so much to talk about. Um, God, it's only two weeks away, Halloween, right? No, no, no. It's next, like a week and a half away. Twenty uh, ninth of Saturday. It's I know that a much. Week and a day away. Oh my goodness! So excited. So Ooh. next weekend's Halloween weekend. I'll also be getting married, and I'll be in New Orleans. So I'll New be, Orleans. So I'll be gone, and Brett will be flying solo with some guests. Did you book any guests for the next? Uh, I haven't done a goddamn thing. Oh yet. come on, man! You're not gonna you're not gonna sleep on it, are you? Um, you're not gonna pull this. Oh, I'm taking a break, guys. Here's an old episode again. That would be cool, but hey, probably not. Put the feelers to Brett Arnold for the next week. So don't let him pull this re-release episode oh, sort of noise. Re-release episode, the SEO episode again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. No, can... I'll have some folks on. Yeah, there you go. It'll be fun. Yeah, I gotta figure it out. But, There's uh, probably some horror stuff. Uh, Ouija 2 just came out. I want to see that. Yeah, I do want to see Maybe that. Maybe I'll find things. Yeah, I, I have two. Friend Maybe of the I'll... podcast, Randall uh, Colburn. Colburn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> Drew like his last name. He saw Ooh. it and said he liked it. I think he wrote about it for Consequences. Yeah, so I've seen mostly positive reviews. I never watched the first Ouija but I hear it's uh, you know stands on its own. Yeah, I feel that uh, Ouija is a type of movie, the type of franchise that uh, you know you don't got to really be beholden to the, uh, to the ones no. before or after. It's a movie based on a product yeah <laughs> it's not a board game sort of a thing that could or could not be used to uh i think they're making dad. like a Candyland movie they are yeah Isn't right? that weird it is weird but does it make it for kids that's but, you fine. know think about it like parts of the caribbean was a ride right and then it became this huge but franchise before it was a ride wasn't like a, a, a popular story like a disney thing was i don't it a, I thought it was just a ride? ride yeah yeah i think when they make properties off of things that almost have no story baked into them it's almost like trans well transformers was a cartoon was it was transformers yeah, a, cartoon it was a cartoon before it was like a thing? oh yes yes okay. yes yes it originally was a cartoon yeah um so not the same well actually my theory's gone to shit because i never saw the battleship movie but i'm sure it was terrible battleship potemkin no Wrong battleship. With Rihanna? The one based on the... Uh, well, it's close. The one based on the, the popular board game. What is that movie? Does him yelling coordinates? You didn't B7. see it? I never saw it either. I but it looked, it. Apparently, know. there's an alien ship. Oh. So they're... Uh, I'm, I'm guessing at this point. I don't know if anyone's seen Battleship. What I took from it, Taylor Lautner's in it. Remember him? No. Uh, Riggins. Is that the right guy? Taylor Lautner? Uh, you watch Friday Night Lights or something, because I yeah. don't. Oh, okay. Well, Friday Night Lights was great. But I, I hear people talking about He was also Riggins. John Carter. Yes, John Carter of in in the film previously known as John Carter of Mars that then became John Carter because we all know how movies with guys' names do at the did box office. That one did terribly. Jack Reacher's lighting it up though. Jack Reacher two did okay. It got beat by the new Medea movie. That's hilarious. Yeah. 
Tom oh, Cruise man. lost at the box office to that. the Medea movie. Uh, the Medea Halloween? Yeah. Do we have to see the 15 other ones to understand it? <laughs> yeah, just sitting there like, man, I'm really lost. Who's that guy? <laughs> it's also Tyler Perry. Yeah. <laughs> They're all Tyler Perry. I thought Tyler Perry was in this. Who's this old woman <laughs> that keeps following around? I oh. saw a good tweet that was like, oh, I'm really happy that like, you know, a, a movie with the leading ladies at the top of the box office yeah, is finally. played uh, by a man. Uh, <laughs> uh, women, women are taking the box office by storm. Shout out to the ladies. It's Halloween. Women taking the box office by storm when they're played by men. Wah, I just got off topic majorly. Why was I talking about Battleship? Because we're talking about Ouija, and that was oh, a board yes, game. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So to, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought Battleship was about uh, they're out there, and they're in the Navy ship, and then an alien ship is also a boat, and they got like fight it by shooting missiles at it. Was that what it was? I just, I don't know, man. It stars, I think Liam Neeson was in it. I yeah. think and Taylor, Skarsgård was in it. Taylor Lautner, if that's his name, was also in John. They came out in the same year. Two of the biggest box office flops Dude, I think of A, <laughs> that year, and B, all time. You got his name wrong. What is it's it? It's not Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner is like that beefcakey dude from twilight who am i thinking of taylor like kitsch kitsch or, or kitchener i hope people were firing off tweets before we corrected this being He's like also, it's not taylor Lautner. it's also the taylor who was in the second true detective season which everyone like lost this guy everything he touched turns to shit he was in the savages <laughs> the uh the the uh, oliver stone movie that no one remembers I like that movie. I never Did saw it. Did you see it? it? No, I don't see any of this stuff because every time he's in something, it's like, everyone's like, avoid this at all costs. But they're not because of him. It's never like, he's not the reason they suck. It's just he happens to be in things that really Savages suck. is like a dumb movie, but it's like the most exciting Oliver Stone has been in for a long time. It's almost like this Taylor Better dude. Better than fucking Snowden. It's almost like this Taylor dude signed a, de- a deal with the devil and he was like please make me a big star and then he gets in the Friday Night Lights and now he has to pay back for having now a career a, a film career everything he's done since Friday Night Lights has been tied for like the worst thing ever he, like he's stuck in all bad stuff if you look at his IMDB profile right yeah, now yeah. Um, he's got an upcoming project in development that he's writing and directing and starring in is it Candyland the boy? is it Shoots and Ladders the, the game <laughs> no it's called Pieces the movie not, hopefully not a remake of Pieces it's called it says uh, the lives of Three friends from Detroit are changed once they intercept a drug run. Whatever. Sounds like savages. I'll try. Way. I'll try and be positive about it. I just feel, I feel bad for Homie actually because they, they you are, feel so bad for him you couldn't even get his name right. Well, you know, maybe that's part of the curse that people just don't. He's, he's being, so forgettable. He's being erased from existence. Taylor Lautner. Um, he was I, not in Teen Wolf, correct? N- no, I think he's in the Twilight movies, and he did this movie called... Uh, yes, it was like an action movie. Yeah, like Abduction. Correct. That looked really, really dumb. Like real boilerplate, just kind of, he's a guy who's running from these guys. And like the poster's like, just him running. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, he's <laughs> and then another one, and jumping out of buildings and shit. And then there's a second one in which he's running on the a poster, and it's called Tracers. Ooh, man. Yeah, so Taylor Lautner seems like he had his hit his niche... With uh, the Twilight thing, and then he just started doing whatever. I mean, the and bread he got know. off of that, I'm sure his agent's just like, just do do work three months uh, a year. And apparently, get, get he's on taste. Scream Queens, the TV series that we haven't watched, yeah. or that you watched the episode of. No, I watched Elevator. Oh, I did. Yeah, see the, I saw the pilot episode of Scream Queens. I wasn't feeling it. it Not fe- feeling it. It felt like a comedy version of um, American Horror Story, and everything was like amped up to like. American Horror Story is already a comedy. It sucks. I mean, I'm not a fan, but I just feel like that kind of like over-exaggerated horror that doesn't seem to play very well with you or I. Well, that... Like, you, like I never saw Crimson Ghost. Was Crimson that Peak. Was? Did you like that? I didn't really. It's very but stylized. It's, yeah, that one is more... I don't know. People were like, it's an old-fashioned ghost story. It's not a... I just feel like the the, the very... Sty- Gothic. I'm sure there's ones I like, but whenever something's really stylized or like over-exaggerated for effect, really does not... just kind of turns me off. I think that was the the best thing Crimson Peak had going for it was the look of it, but I don't know. Yeah. 
that's neither here nor there. Okay, well, we're going to talk more about stuff that we have seen this week. I've seen a lot. Before that, oh, man, we got so many bits and pieces. One, two, three, four. Four, potentially five. How many are bits and how many are pieces? Mm, one, two, three bits, a piece, <laughs> and then potentially another piece. I can't tell. Wow. Uh, uh, and then uh, before that, Homeboy Remember? got back from Philly. That's you. Yeah, I was in Philly this weekend. Uh, I actually recorded a, po- a podcast yesterday. With uh, Joel Cummins from Umphreys McGee, and you're not you're not releasing that on ours. It's not out on ours. It's already out on Strangers from Twitter, and there it has go. more listens than any other episode of that show we've done already. We've only done one. Right? We've done two, but yeah. Well, nobody nobody wants to hear I, people from Twitter talking, <laughs> being interviewed. But but a, clearly a guy who's in a internationally known rock band and does an interview. Uh, yes, well, and it. I put it in like you know the Umphreys fan groups on that I'm in, and like yeah. people love that shit. So yeah, they want. I'm hear. happy to do it. I mean, just out of curiosity, because I. I did not know anything about Umphreys McGee. Umphreys McGee? Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about them until I started hanging out with you. Um, how many like podcasts those guys do at all? Not many. Like It doesn't seem not like... I understand they have a big following, but they don't seem like they're getting interviewed well, a lot. No, like they do interviews like with... There's like a handful of like jammy things. Exactly. Like they've, you know, they'll do, be in Rolling Stone every now and then, but like uh-huh. mostly it's jambase.com or Relics Magazine, which is more of like a jam-focused magazine. Yeah. They'll do those. They don't really do podcasts. Joel has done my podcast twice now. Uh, um, um, Ryan Stasek from the band one. has done... He did. He just became a dad and did like a dad podcast. Oh, that's nice. So that sounds cool. That's I want to listen to that. But no, they don't really do that type of thing. So it is cool. And um, it's it, this one was particularly fun because I feel like like him and I have become buds over the years. And it that's was what podcast really, is all about. Yeah, it was really nice to just go in there without a game plan and just kind of chat. And it was it was funny and informative. And cool. I feel like I learned a lot about just like how the their how they work as like a business. It was interesting. I'm sure it is. I'm sure Umphrey fans, it's the stuff that they want to hear because unlike, say, comedians, Umphrey McGee's aren't constantly interviewing each other all the time nonstop. Yes. So it's, I'm sure it's information that people actually didn't have because nobody thought that. Yeah, was. well, uh, I, I purposefully asked them some stuff that I know people want to know about. Like, Umphrey's has, from 1998 to 2004, there's tons and tons and tons of shows that are not available to download because they they're pretty good about having an archive of, like, you can go back... I guess pretty much to 2004 and find anything from then to now. Yeah. Um, but there's this whole many years of unreleased stuff. So I asked him about it and he was basically like, yeah, we have them. We want them, but we're trying to figure out a way to get it's them out there. It's a lot of work. I would it is a lot of work. Having all that. And he said like, he's, he has a plan to do it, but like, you know, the record labels like weird about it. And, they like, have, their, they have like a major record they have, label. They have their own record label. Ah. So it's just like their buddies. They're not trying to pull the Fugazi thing from like six years ago when it was just, uh, you know, um, the, the Fugazi, is it my, yeah, it's the Fugazi archive that um, Ian McKay put out. Do you mm, know what I'm talking about? No. So for like, I think it's like now it's like, I'm going to guess and say it's $200, but it might be more. Okay. Uh, you get access to uh, Ian McKay spent God knows how many years putting together an extensive archive of every live Fugazi show, like every bootleg ever put out. Because yeah. he just was seeing, you know, decades of people taking advantage of selling like these archive. things. Archive.org. Yeah, yeah, but just in general, like people taking bootlegs and selling them and him just, so he said, fuck it. He used, crowdsourced or whatever they eventually put together this, they spent all this money to make this giant archive and I think it's for $200 you can download and listen to the entire archive yeah and that, it's, it's something it's like something close to like a thousand live shows yeah Umphreys has they've been playing Metallica has something like that too yeah Metallica has like the the, the live show release Red Hot Chili Peppers has it now which so is weird. funny because like they play the same show every night yeah I don't really get bands that 
do it that do stuff like that. Like Wilco does it, and they play their catalog is so big, and they're not one of those bands who like they'll come out with a new album and just play that and go home. Like yeah. they'll still play oh, sure. a different show every night. So I get that, and like Fugazi, I'm sure those right, shows. Dress it differently. I don't know why. There's something really interesting about Fugazi. Yeah, every single one of their shows, from start to finish, never had a set list. And never. You know, nope. And you know, you know why they did that? So they would have to be in sync and pay attention to each other in the show. Makes you a better musician. Yeah, just they, just like the more, many of the amazing things of why that band's incredible is like they were like, we hate when we see bands and just phone in or whatever. So they never had a set list and kind of just like paying attention to each other and just getting in the groove and like one guy can just go into a song and they kind of know it or whatever. They never had a set list. That's how fucking tight they were. And they didn't jam either. It wasn't like they were kind of noodling around. It was just like they would like play a song and then... Depen- figure out what depending on the to. vibe but then when like say like what do you want to play next like the vibe just like lock into the next that's song that's cool that's amazing yeah i like about what i like about umfree is one thing they have is like they have talkback mics that they speak with each other with sure during the show so like they're really like, it uh, seems seamless when you're yeah. watching it like sure. wow how'd they know to do that but like if you know they're just like sitting yeah. there talking like yeah, yeah. go into that song like uh hey uh, you want to keep up with me on this one drummer hey bass player we uh, want to step phone this in like, hey, uh, hey uh, when's this solo going to end, bro? I'm getting a little tired here. So you know what? Last night was actually like a really special Umfrey show because it was it, um, the Cubs clinched the yeah. National League. They won. I know. They won the pennant. Yes, I know. I, I, I'm on Twitter. Yes. So being at an Umfrey show, you know, Joel and Brendan from Umfrey's are huge, huge, huge Cubs fans. So like that was special in itself. But like the timing of it worked out so that it happened during set break. So like I was watching on my phone with the whole crowd surrounding my phone. We're all watching it. And they, they they win. The uh, Umphrey's waits the like extra three minutes they had to wait to for the game to end. Then they come out and play like super hot set. It was awesome. Cool. Cubs win. Uh, are you concerned for your for your wedding now? Very much so. I'm I'm not happy with it all. Let's talk about it. What do you want to talk about? So Joe's getting married next Saturday. Game four is on my wedding night. Game my four wedding. of the World Series mm-hmm. in which the Cubs are playing, in which most of your guests are coming from Chicago, I would imagine. Correct. So, yeah. I'm not happy about it at all. Ooh. Like, uh, not, it, is, it will probably be a point of contention, so. It, like, is, how does Mo feel about it? Well, she's like annoyed. Just the fact, like, the, like basically, it's like as long as they don't sweep the series, it'll be fine. Like, I don't care if it's a game. But if it, if the Cubs win the first three, which mm-hmm. they probably won't, yeah, then there's a chance that that would be the night. Yep. And that would be that would be the worst case scenario. That'd be infuriating. Um, I think you'll be fine in that it'll just be one of many games that happen, mm. and I think there'll still be a five or a six, and hopefully not a seven. <laughs> All I need is the Indians to win one of the th- first three games, and I'm fine. Yeah, so That's all I need. you're rooting for the Indians to do that, huh? I'm not rooting for them anyway because I don't care for the Cubs. You monster. No, I just don't. I'm not into that at all. Well, so, uh, I, I wish you well. Thanks. In this endeavor. Yeah, it's very frustrating, but it's not anything I can control right now, so. Bless didn't, you. you okay? Th- yeah, I'm okay. I think last week we were talking about this, and... Uh, Maybe you were just trying to make yourself feel better. It's not like you were at peace. Like, you know what? This is like a piece of history. And like, we're getting, if they did do that, then we'd be married on the day that the Cubs won the World Series. Because part of me, well, to be honest, part of me was like, oh, that'd be crazy if it was on the same day. And then I guess in my thoughts, I was thinking like, yeah, we have the wedding and then the game ends really late or the game would be earlier. But now it looks like the game be going on like during the like wedding. eight o'clock. And what really annoys me is that with phones and stuff, I just imagine people kind of like more concerned with like the game than the wedding mm-hmm. or the reception. It's just like... If people are drunk enough early enough, it'll be fine. Don't even remember. I don't know. I, I really can't. I mean, I've just, gone to so many weddings. Like I'm really, I'm de- I definitely am stressed. Like this morning was was uh, spe- dedicated to a lot of stressing about it. So, 
Ooh. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. That's a bummer. So, yeah. Text, uh, tweet Joe your suggestions for what? What, what they can, I don't know. <laughs> for what, what Joe and his thing? his future wife can do about this. Yeah, I don't know. Just like... <sighs> like sabotage their, their bus on the way to the game. <laughs> well, here's my... Honestly, here's my thoughts of it. I can't think of a thing where I can parallel it. Like, if I was in the situation, because baseball is that important to me. But I would think, like, we're going to this wedding reception that doesn't have a TV yet. I don't think so. Right? And it would just be like, if I was there, and I was like, oh, it's happening right now. I'd be like, well, this is important to these people, so I'm going to keep my phone in my pocket. Like, the, like you get to celebrate it. Like, what if you were in a coma, and you woke up the next day? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, pretend you're in a coma. Yeah, just pretend like you're going in for brain. So just a sense of being like, trust me, this thing's going to be filmed and available you can just like sit through the wedding and then when it's kind of appropriate like leave and look and be like holy shit they won let's go to a bar and celebrate yeah it's like there's no I mean, re- there's no reason i don't think there's a reason to be like keeping up with it in real time totally if, if you're at a wedding so that's I, what's going to uh, really annoy me and then of course i'm what i'm worried the most about is then not to be the bad guy i was like could you please but say you're gonna have to maybe make some sort of announcement if you want people to really fuck off with it yeah i know but that, that again but then it's then it's yeah. also being like now we're the couple that's like you know what I mean? <laughs> We're more important than this. Which no, for just, the night, just like commenting on it, it's like yes. that. It, it's just a whole thing of being like. I understand? really don't think you'll be in the situation that that would be the worst, which is like that is the clinching game. Yeah, I know. But I don't think I mean, so. It's really frustrating. Ugh, it's like I'm really sorry, I brought it up. Then that's no, okay. Yeah, I'm bummed about. I mean, it, I've right. been to I've been to two weddings where I can remember. Uh, Blackhawks were it was a big big playoff games for the Blackhawks and everyone. Watch the wedding without interruption. Yeah. The party started without interruption. And then like later in the night when it was like the end of the third period, a lot of people went to the bar downstairs and like watched the end of it, came back up. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, but we're, we're doing it in a venue that doesn't... Ha- like there's like, nothing nearby. Yeah, I don't think so. But it's New Orleans. I feel like there's bars everywhere. Yeah, like if they... I don't know. I really don't know. All right. It's just like... Uh, it's just not cool. Talk about a horror show. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Ooh. Oh, well. So we will all see what happens. Yeah, I want the. I can't wait for the update. Yeah, and they're gonna hightail it to Japan. After yeah, that. I'm really stoked about. It. We pretty much got everything situated for the honeymoon that needs to be, like everything set up. So it's just a matter of getting on the plane and going. And I'm very excited. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this past, I haven't really done anything except every night's dedicated to like a wedding. Thing yeah, you're in wedding mode. Yeah, I mean, I think pretty much everything is planned. It's just not got to get there and fucking do it. Where's Mo right now? Is she around? She's at home. She had some friends come over. That's why I was like kicked out of the house for the day again because she has some friends over <laughs> to do last minute wedding craft stuff. There's a, a few things that still need to be like made that she invited her friends over to help her with. Cool. Yeah. So she's like, take a hike, bro. Get out of here. Let's uh, let's lay on the bits and the pieces. All right. Let's lay on the bits and the pieces first. Bitten piece. Before that, I'll do a theme. Well, <laughs> this first bitten piece I want to do and then it kind of... Uh, kind of dovetails into the, uh, the the Bits and Pieces theme song. Okay. So there's a, movie, there's a movie that just dropped. It's called A Cure for Wellness. It's a new Gore Verbinski film. A Cure for Wellness. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it's about. I want to see if you can hear it. Shit. I can see a lot of this thing. Are you p- playing it? Yeah. Is wait, that what's on, happening? Hang on. Hang on, hang it's on, funny hang that hang we... Hang Uh, 
Our, have we talked about this on the we pod? We have totally talked about this. Because I know we've talked about it in real about life. It. Yeah. This fucking thing. So, uh-huh. <clears throat> Could you do me a favor for this? Yeah. Can you just go... Yeah. Like a long drone. Bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. And that's our theme song. This, like, I couldn't, I couldn't even concentrate on this fucking trailer. What is going on in this universe? So yeah, how is this a thing now? It's the been trend, going on for like a, the trend a decade of now. slowing down like a pop song or like like for a but now movie. especially like grunge songs and punk songs. But I want to be sedated. It's pretty bad, right? Because it's, it's something to do with like. It looks like it has something to do with uh, oh, here, 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 here's the uh, synopsis. An ambitious young executive is sent to retrieve his company's CEO from an idyll- idyllic but mysterious, quote, wellness center at a remote location in the Swiss Alps. Get it? So it's all about going to this wellness center. I'm sure it's going to be like Shutter Island-esque of like, fun. oh, I can't leave and they're doing all these crazy things that might be haunted. So Gore Verbinski I want to be of, uh, Part of the Caribbean fame. Yeah. And uh, I believe he also directed the Nathan Lane children's movie Mouse Hunt which I liked as a kid. Everyone's got to eat. Even Gore. He Even did Gore Rango, skits. which Rango is fucking great. Isn't it? Never saw it. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah. The, the last... We're talking about his daughter later tonight, later today. We in the sure episode. will. And he did The Lone Ranger, which I think also gets a bad rap. Was it any good? Yeah, it's fun. It just seemed more like we're rebooting The Lone Ranger and half the country was like, like don't cool, care. What? What, is, what is that? <laughs> and that is what? <laughs> uh, remember Tonto? Dude, no. I just remember he did The Ring as well. He did the first ring? Yeah. Oh. Gore Verbinski, man. Good for him. And the Weatherman with Nicolas Cage, which shot uh, some of it. Yeah, some of it was shot at Old Orchard Mall across from my school. And a lot, uh, of, my friends and a lot the, of it at the, the food O'Hare court airport. Scene. Yeah, yes. a lot of friends in the airport scene. Yeah. Anyway, we I, know a lot of anyway, extras. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Gore Vinsky drops his new flick with the with the whispery. I don't know why I've seen it with Smells Like Teen Spirit in that movie. Was a stage fright or the gallows oh, uh, the or whatever. Gala, or, yeah, the, the one about they, they break into the school that was for some reason. One of the worst yeah. horror movies I've ever seen. I've seen um, in recent memory. Uh, there, there's a bunch of others. I'm sure we've talked about it before in another pod. If not, this has to stop. I just cannot. Do you think I feel it's like because, we were going to talk about another pod? I don't think we ever did. Maybe we did. I do don't you know. think it's because? But they, it's a they, horrible trend. If you do a trailer, excuse me. If you do a cover of a song, it's cheaper than using the song. Yeah. And then also this idea of like, oh, people are going to be like, I don't know, like associating a cool song with their new movie. You know what I mean? Like, why? I don't know. I'm assuming it has to do with... I think someone just started it as like an aesthetic and then it just yeah. caught on. It's how all, every trailer is like... Like, like it's edited like... Yeah. Ever since Inception. Ever since Inception. Yeah. Like, like dark. Crazy thing. Goes dark. Like over and yeah, over Yeah, that's again. Dr. Strange trailers exactly like oh, that. Oh, God. Or... um. Holy shit! I just had one and I lost it. There's the, oh the uh, the uh, the horror movie version of that is I remember seeing it for the first time in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. The like camera yeah, thing. Yeah, the old. The yeah, yeah, and then like it's like slows out like the way like they use an old school flash like it breaks everything bright and then kind of almost like just yeah slowly, too like, bright too bright too yeah, bright yeah, yeah, slowly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I remember that trailer. So they do it all the time now. So then, like it speeds up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, guys, come on! A little originality in these things. Do you think it's the same studio that keeps doing them? That's no, like I think it's. They I think it's Universal, oh, not stu- Universal Studio. I think it's universally used. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, Universal man. Well, there's that. It's annoying, but it's pretty funny. I saw that. I had to I had to bring it up on the pods. That is really funny. Um. So the next real bit in piece, director chosen for Godzilla two question mark. Oh. So yesterday they brought the news. 
that uh, Mike Doherty and Zach Shields, who wrote Krampus, are on board to pen the next ins- installation of the Godzilla franchise. Now the news gets even better. They revealed that Doherty is also likely to direct Godzilla 2. Saying he was previous, wait, which leads up to previous reported the King Kong Godzilla crossover film, Kong Skong, uh, Kong Skong, Kong Skong, <laughs> Kong Skong Island hits theaters next March, followed by Godzilla sequel March twelfth, uh, excuse me, March twenty second, two thousand nineteen, then Godzilla versus Kong in twenty twenty. So what? I don't know. Did uh did uh Michael Doherty uh, also direct Krampus? No, he didn't. Did he? Yeah, he did. Did he? Yeah. Um, I thought we did. We were not that hot on Krampus. Remember both Krampus, kind of like, we were so psyched about, and, it just and then was it was like, such a letdown. It, like it was like a kid's movie. It was PG-13. It just, it never delivered on its, like, any of the promises I wanted it yeah, to. Yeah, like, that's true. It just kept, it, the premise is cool, but it, should have it been was very much movie. a PG-13, like, it should have been already a movie. joke of it a movie. It was way too and much it was, on, it was, like, it was way more comedic than I expected. He did direct Krampus. He also did the trick-or-treat movies. Which yeah. I did not care for. Well, Trigger, there's only one at this point, but I think he's doing a second oh, one yeah, right he's, now. He's, he's, the second's announced, and then Godzilla 2 for 2019. Hmm. Uh, I'm more I, interested in, the, in Shin Godzilla, which, yeah, I, I, gotta tell you, which I, I will see. I did not, li- I did not care for these, the newest Godzilla. It's pretty them. bad. It was, it was really like, Godzilla's barely, barely in it. Well, that's always been a thing with Godzilla movies, is Godzilla's not in it too much. But this one was... I just like why do they make us care so much about these humans and then just like kill them halfway through? It's yeah. just like I don't know. And it wasn't. I don't even remember what, what doesn't he like mate with a giant other thing? No, it was uh, there's like two Mothras. Yeah, he like fights something. I forget. I forget exactly. But at some point, they realize that the two Mothras, the two other things that are created, are trying to find each other to have sex, and they're going to create like you know. Yeah, whole, so Godzilla's like, got to fuck. Godzilla's got to find him and kill him. And the next one, it. I feel like it's going to be like. Now the people worship him as like a thank you for saving us sort of deal. Yeah. Didn't that, isn't that how it ended sort of? It yeah, he just like... goes back into the water and they're like, farewell, Godzilla, until next <laughs> See time. See you later. Yeah, yeah, this thing. <laughs> like, it's so... Because all those movies, every Godzilla movie, and for a lot of other giant monster movies, I guess kind of Cloverfield kind of the same thing, the whole movie is spent like leading up to this tease of how big this fucking thing is. Yeah. Like leading up to this reveal that happens like the, like in, in like the like hour mark. Yes. So when you watch them, it's just being like really like oddly angled shot thing just to see like there's destruction or look at this thing like you stick the tail, the tail just, you know, it's always, around the corner. And to me, like I, I kind of like that. But then yeah. when the reveal happens, you're like, uh, now they got nothing. They got when they reveal the monster, they got nothing. Yeah, that's like, like why like Jaws is so effective too. Just yeah. like kind of teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. And Cloverfield got the closest, yeah. focusing more on the people who were in the city than the monster itself. I still really like Cloverfield. I still like it too. But as far as like eventually revealing the monster, when they did, it was just like, oh, that's really dumb. Yeah. 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 It's just it's not what I expected, and I, I don't not know. At all. Um, that reminds me of how like, do you remember the insane marketing push for the original Godzilla or the yeah, the Matthew Godzilla? One? Yeah. I just remember that being everywhere fucking everywhere everywhere i remember watching like a tv special on abc about the movie beforehand and those and all those marketing things was based around like teasing how big this thing yeah is. i remember the billboards are just big godzilla and the billboard says something like this is the size of like his his eyeball no i literally remember the tagline or like his feet are the now. size of this this bus yeah uh their tagline for that movie was size matters oh like and a it was dick. like like a, like, a, like a dick okay yeah yeah uh very good uh yeah, yeah i do remember that the movie was like 
Well, when insanely bad. You know, nine-year-old me saw it, I thought it was awesome. But watch it again. I and worked you at the movie theater when that came you out. You realize and it's we a were mess. like, "What the fuck?" I kept sneaking in there to catch glimpses of it, and I'm like, "Isn't what's his name really from Simpson? Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Oh yeah. Yeah, holding a camera and it's a camera, like but misses his, him. Just misses him. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of like wacky lines like that. Like at, at some point when they're describing like, "Oh yeah, it's it's asexual. So it doesn't have sex to lay eggs." And like like the ditzy girls like, "Oh, it doesn't have sex. Bummer." Just like our relationship. Yeah. You're like, who's this movie? for like this a pg-13 movie they keep like talking about like it's asexual okay. i'm pretty sure there's a character in that movie where madison to- square garden lays an egg in every seat <laughs> yeah that was a weird thing i'm trying to remember if i'm crazy or not huh. i feel like there was some weird like roger ebert they, there's a mayor yes. named ebert in that movie and his, who, like, and his, looks- and his aide is siscal right and what was that I don't, because they were, they were like bumbling idiots and yeah, I and they remember just seeing. To, like, neg them. I remember seeing. Yeah, why are they? Like, Cisco and Ebert. Spoof Cisco and Ebert. I'm almost certain. I don't think it was written. I thought I thought I saw it in Cisco and Ebert. I may be remembering this wrong. Where they even called that out? Be like, oh, how lame is it that they did this? Like, yeah, because and then, and they because they it's th- the, 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 it was thumbs up for New York was like his motto as mayor. And one of them even commented, on, "Oh yeah, so like if we don't like it, right? You know, like almost like insulting the critics for the critics have it like." Insult- oh shit! Actually, I looked it up, and it says. Uh, when the actual Siskel and Ebert reviewed the film, it received two thumbs down and Gene Siskel commented on being spoofed saying, it was petty and mm-hmm. asked the filmmakers, if you're going to go through the trouble of putting us in a monster movie, why don't you at least take advantage of having the monster either eat or squash us? Yeah. There was, e- there was even a, a, a thing where, the e- where uh, I remember uh, Mayor Ebert is like worried about something. So he starts like snacking on things and then like, uh, and then... Uh, I think like Siskel, the, the, the person says, like, should you be eating? They like, kind of grabs the things. Like, he's like, lay off me. It's an election year or something lay like that. Lay off me. I'm starving. No, something like, like just yeah. like, it's an election year, Gene. Like, like, just, like I'm stressed. Yeah, that's so something stupid. Something so stupid. But yeah, I guess Ebert didn't like Stargate and like Independence Day. So Is that what Go- that's why. It, who it, directed it? That's Roland Emmerich. We were talking about Gore Verbinski. <laughs> Gore Verbinski did not do Godzilla. But we just jumped to, oh, we went uh, to different Godzilla. Like, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, but Roland Emmerich made Godzilla, and he made those two shitty movies, or Stargate and of Independence course. Day, and Ebert didn't like them, so that's why he's. And it's so it. funny we're talking about that. We'll talk about uh, filmmakers making really petty jabs at <laughs> film critics in their movies with yoga hosers. Yeah, what are the, like, I'm what glad is, we like, found a theme the here. What's the matter with you when you're like, I mean, it's okay to be mad about it, but it's like. You're putting this on film forever. Yeah, and also it's yeah. kind of being like, it's just so gross. Like, what. It's almost like I don't know a guy running for president when he feels like he's losing, going like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's rigged. I'm gonna lose because it's rigged." That's like, are you five? <laughs> like, oh, these guys are against me, so I'm gonna blah. You're like, fucking grow up, make your fucking movie, Dude, let the, him hate it. The trivia page for Godzilla is so good. It must be mile long. <laughs> it is. It's just like <laughs> Roland Emmerich admitted he did not like the original Godzilla movies. He only agreed to do the project after being promised he could do whatever he wanted. Um, I mean, did you have to like him to make the Godzilla reboot? You know, <laughs> I don't know. But it's like the first trailer appeared a year before the movie came out. Yeah, they were hyping that shit for the fun shot of the Godzilla's year. foot crushing the museum, <laughs> and it, the scene was cut from the movie, and it cost six hundred thousand dollars to film. I remember that, like, <laughs> like they're like going through was it's it, like a museum? Was it like, the Met? Which museum? Yeah, I don't was know. It? Or was no? It was like a, it was like a hist- it was like a he natural history breaks museum. Breaks like a T Rex. Yes, yeah, like like a T Rex. Like look, like I think it was like look at this. Considered the biggest lizard of all time. Then like the foot just squashed it. And it's just like Godzilla. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's so, but then again, you think about it. If that's true, this Godzilla thing must have been like, like the Eiffel. Excuse me. If that is true, then the fucking uh, Chrysler building should have been up like Godzilla's knees. Like they kept they they kept like changing how, how big Godzilla was. Yeah. The first minute he's like p- 
peeking up above buildings. The next minute, he can get inside Madison Square Garden. And lay a million eggs. Yeah, it was very strange. It was he a was a bad she. movie. Oh, yeah. And apparently, Matthew Broderick, it was written for him, which is just a weird thing to do. <laughs> and, and he We gotta get Broderick and Godzilla. <laughs> and he didn't even read the script and just signed on. Of course he didn't. Hey, yeah. do you want to make like $100 million on this giant blockbuster movie and show up for four days and just look up and be like, oh no, like, of course he'd do it. Those fucking Ferris Bueller residuals aren't pouring in the way he thought they'd be. Plus also, uh, Matthew Broderick is a murderer. Did oh you, yeah, he is. Yeah. I think we talked about this before. He Did he just like pay his way out of it? I think so, yeah. yeah. He killed two people. But he wasn't drunk driving. It was just like... I think a, it was just driving. A genuine accident. Yeah. Whoops. Got his way out of there. All right, next bit in peace. <laughs> you got it. You know Arrow Video, right? Yeah. Uh, they are going to be releasing Chud, C-H-U-D, on Blu-ray. I think it's Chud and Chud 2 on Blu-ray. Wow. Yep, the two-disc special edition coming out 11-22-16. 11-22-63? 63. They're not staying down there anymore. Okay, so two-disc limited Blu-ray. Okay, brand new. Restoration of the original Chud films. I have I vaguely remember what it was about. 2K film transfer. All right. High-definition Blu-ray. Original uncompressed PMC My Who Cares. Audio commentary by the director Douglas Cheek, writer Shepard Abbott, and actors John Hurd, Daniel Stern, and Christopher Curry. I don't know Christopher Curry. Uh, a bunch of making of, who cares, behind the scenes gallery. Uh, yeah, any Chud fans out there? Sound out in the comments who's in the Chud. Was it uh, City Humanoid Underground Dwellers? Is that what it was? Uh, cannibalistic Cannibalistic. Humanoid underground Dwellers? Dude, yeah, get your chud straight. Your chud. Remember, the, remember the uh the VHS box? No? I don't think so. So what it was is the chuds coming out of the sewer and the eyes of the chud coming out like had lights on them, so it was like always like kind of like do 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 do. Like oh, there's like cool. a little like battery. They made like you know you get those old like uh, greeting cards, you open them up and they like sing like a song or whatever. Yes. Yeah, it was the same sort of like technology, I think. So you'd see like the eyes kind of flashing when you, if you were lucky enough to be like the weekend they put the box out. But after like, you know, two weeks it's like obviously this isn't going to work. Yeah, it's like the battery died. It's not like, like oh, I'll take the battery. I'm going home. Hey, uh, when you close up the video store, be sure to take the battery out of the Chud, chud, <laughs> uh, chud VHS box. Oh, you got it, boss. Like, it's not like, the, like when you close out the register that's part of the, uh, the closing out or whatever. My name is Judge. You know what else is coming out on uh, Blu-ray that they're releasing on Blu-ray? Driller Killer. Did you ever see that? Dude, yeah. I've seen Driller Killer. What the fuck? It's, uh, it's, it's, like it's like a slasher movie. Uh Yep. Where the dude has a drill. And the whole thing is like he lives in uh, New York. It's like, it's like his, one of his first attempts at the gritty, how tough it is to live in like in you know, lower York, Manhattan right? yeah. in, in, in the late 70s, early 80s. The guy, uh, if I recall correctly, lives in an apartment. There's like a punk band that plays upstairs that won't stop. And the whole building is always, he's like, I can't get any peace and it's quiet. It's like pre-falling down. Yeah, so he just, sort of he just go, gets a giant drill. It's like drilling people's heads and stuff. Abel Ferrer. This is like, because he would later go on like Bad Lieutenant. This is like one of his first like... Dude, I'm, he's made like, some of my favorite movies. His movies... After King that, of New York is yeah, awesome. Yeah, after his movie, awesome. it was just basically, I'm only making movies about guys in New York going crazy and fucking just abusing people. Like basically, any movie where it's like the alpha male just kind of being like, fuck it and doing whatever he wants. It includes killing, beating up, stealing, raping. Have you seen the, the Addiction? I don't think so. Which one's that? It's uh, he made a vampire movie, also set in New York, starring Christopher Walken and Lily Taylor. Was that before or after King of New York? Uh, it was '95, so after King of New York's like 1990. King of, King of New York is fucking great. I know. I watch it all the time. I actually bought the Blu-ray of it not too and long Bad ago. Bad Lieutenant is like 
the original Bad Lieutenant is very good. Oh, of course. And I think the remake or the whatever you want to call it, the the Werner. Nick Cage one? Yeah. Is incredible. No, I hated it. I couldn't even finish it. Are you serious? That was so bad. That is one of my favorite movies of like the past decade. It's out of control. Do you you just not are you not into like Werner Herzog's like weird style? No, I wasn't into uh Nicolas Cage's a uh, laughably bad portrayal. It was just so stupid. Fuck you. That movie's awesome. No. Uh, what do you guys think about Bay Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans? Besides its terrible title. Unbelievably bad. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, King of New York. Then, oh my God, Bad Lieutenant came out after King of New York? Yeah, it came out like two years that after. And I insane. think it's like, I remember, I think it's not rated or NC-17. It's like not R. It's I mean, like, it's so it's, it's so like, up. holy shit. Like we pulls yeah. the girls over and she's like, oh, pretend like you're sucking my dick as he's like jerking off like on the side of the road in front of him. Pretty hardcore, Okay, bro. I guess that movie is better than the the, sec- the follow-up. I mean, it's... But I, it's just a different movie. The f- original Bad Lieutenant needs to be considered as far as like... Uh, how far a filmmaker can go, but still at the same time keeping the properties of like a film. Because you watch the movie and you're like, you know, a lesser filmmaker would have turned this in. They'd be like, yeah, this is a porno. Like this is a this is a perverse this movie. This is a porno. For instance, uh, I find I tried to watch Gaspar Noel's Love. Oh, I don't like that movie at all. No, it's terrible. It's, awful. it's three hours. I saw it in 3D in a in a screening I can't believe room. You saw it in 3D. Did you see people. the whole thing? Yeah. Even when the, like he comes right at your face. In yeah, the camera. I wrote a review for Bi. It's probably my, it's my most read review because I had the word porn in the title. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> that whole thing was just being like, this isn't a movie. It's just like porn scene. Not only that, scene. it was so. How far did you get in it? I just started like kind of like it's scrabbling, scrabbling through it. Be like, I'm in a porn scene. Be like, because I was like, so, I was like, what are they? What's going on in this movie? It's so self indulgent, even beyond the sex, like the yeah. character's name, like it's the, the director's name, and like it's so autobiographical. Yeah, I just caught that. Like, like he's in a relationship with a kid that he's really bored with. He keeps having these flashbacks. The time he was dating a chick where they just got wild sexually, right? <laughs> yeah, That's the whole thing. Yeah, it's not so. It's part movie. of him just being like, oh, I'm so bored of my I marriage. And then of, like cut to a yeah. shot of him like he's with the girl at the party. They fuck in the bathroom. Yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to overthink that movie. Like maybe it's de- no, no, it's just a bad movie. I mean, it kind of reminded me of Brown Bunny in the sense of like. The filmmakers trying to be like, oh no, I'm really pushing the envelope. But I like, have flaws with minimal filmmaking. Right. It's like everything's right. like one long shot of like really like like uncomfortable sex, and then people kind of sitting around moaning and doing nothing. But it's like that's not a film. Yeah, so just... Bad Lieutenant is is a better version of what he was trying to do with Love. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, director. Yeah. So cool. Keep on chugging. Abel Ferrara's got uh, Driller Killer coming out. And That's the explen- cool. Explended. Expended. Expended? Extended. Can you blue. speak words? Right. I can't talk. Eh. I don't know if this is news or a bit in peace, but I believe it's bloody disgusting. Put out a very interesting troubled history behind the next Friday the 13th. It's still in contention. It's been going on since 2009. They have not settled on it. But if you have a minute, look it up. It's on bloody disgusting. I thought it was funny because I'm looking through this. I'm like, man, I remember we've talked about a lot of this in the podcast. But... Well, I didn't know. Maybe you said this and I just wasn't listening. It's possible. So it got to a point, I believe this year or late last year, where they were like, oh, we're in the home stretch. Uh, They're talking about how they have a script or people are connected to it. It's still getting pushed back. Uh, The guy, uh, Barrick Eisner, is announced to be in the final negotiations to direct the film. Barrick or Breck did uh, the Crazies remake. Breck Eisner, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Breck Breck Eisner, excuse me. Yes. so it seemed like, oh, they might be shooting this fall or winter. And it's up and up until, dun, 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 there's a legal battle holding it. Now, apparently, according to Bloody Disgusting, <clears throat> the production of Friday the 13th has been postponed when a lawsuit has been filed between Victor Miller, the screenwriter of the original two, uh, 1980 film, and uh, quoted as saying, 
Miller is using a provision in copyright by which a creator of an original work must wait 35 years, it would have been 35 years in, in 2015, by the way, before they can put forth a claim to obtain and, or, and reclaim the works that they have created. The claim must be submitted two years before the termination date, which is why the lawsuit is happening in the near future because the rights will only revert to Miller if he wins in 2018. So basically the guy who came up with the original one, yeah. either he lost the rights and wants them back or he legally is trying to hang on to the rights and that is now the thing that's holding it up. So after all this pomp and circumstance about like going to this director, that guy, uh, original, found I footage, bet. this and that, this guy, you know why this guy's trying to do it? Because he's making no fucking money. I'm about to say, they're, they're probably just going to pay him off and they'll just make their movie. I hope that's so. probably what he wants. But he's probably looking at being like, Imagine, even this movie sucks, imagine what the box office would be. Yeah, it'll be great. Just a nostalgia, this thing will kill its opening weekend, even if it's a total failure. Yeah. And he wants a taste of it. And I'm sure they're like, look, we'll give you 100000 But at the same time, it's like he lost the rights in 2005. Yeah. Where he had to put in, a, put in the paperwork to like hang on to it. It's just like, yo, dude, you had 10, 11 of these movies? Yeah. And you haven't done anything <laughs> with them? It's like, give me a fucking break, dude. You had 30 years to like lock in like... Put that money to good use. So if, if you're broke, guy. like, hey, bro, that's your fault. But anyway, I think it's interesting that after all this, you know, studio this, create a vision that, it's a fucking lawsuit by the asshole started the first one's holding it back. I guess I'm not expecting too much out of it, but it's like, of all the fucking things, let's get this movie made already so we can see it and hate it. Yeah, we're so cool. <laughs> yeah, we do hate everything. Hey, you on Snapchat? I'm on Snapchat. There is currently... An aliens Snapchat filter? You know what? I saw my friend using it the other night. I don't. I've never used a Snapchat filter in my life. I don't really understand how to. I'm pretty bad at Snapchat. Uh-huh. But I saw my friend doing that. I was like, "Why is there alien shit on here? The face yeah. hugger and the and then you and turn the, into the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. the thing. Yeah, pretty cool. There's also a uh, uh, a Negan one for. Uh, I'll have to have you dead. show me how to do. Wait, that. I want to see. So I'm going to do the Negan one right now because it said like show what it looks like for someone else. I think what I have to do is we're doing this live. If you guys want to follow me on Snapchat? It's at Joe Avella. You can find this story. Well, I want to, uh, yeah, yeah, so I want to do the uh, the face hugging. It's just not like, let me see if I can do I'll it. I'll move up. the mic out of, out of my, this, is, this is good podcasting right here. Uh, let's see if I start it with me. There it is. So I'm doing this. Okay. As you, now try it with your rear end camera. I'll do this. What? And that's to you. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Rear end? I see you, you're a zombie. I'm a zombie? Can you make it a face? Hang on. Oh, it was like waving the bat in front of you. That didn't work. This is really the dumbest podcast segment anyone's ever I know. Oh, we're reviewing Snapchat filters. Uh, yeah, take a <laughs> love visual humor. So I'm gonna do this one on my thing now. Yeah, lighting here sucks. Anyway, <laughs> Snapchat is getting into the horror uh, uh, festivities season by having the Aliens 30th Snapchat lens, so you can have the face hugger jump on your face. Then you can turn into a what are they gonna call Cenobites? What are they called? Uh, Xeno Xenomorphs. 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 Cenobites. Including the little guy. Cenobites would be mouth. cool. They should do Cenobites. That would be cool. Hellraiser's got to get on it. Put the pins in your face. And the last thing that I got for bits and pieces. Uh, were you aware that we missed the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival? That was literally happening in our backyard. Were uh, you here last weekend? It was, it was the 16th. I was, and I think I saw something about it like while it was happening, and I was like, I, we missed our, our, I mean, was we missed our shot here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. I kind of wish we it went over like to it. It seems like it was like a local... Yeah, they brought in like some stuff, things. but this would have been nice to go. And, I, honestly, I would have liked to have gone and see like there's local horror filmmakers. We like, should be act more active in the scene. We should we maybe reach out to, or look, try and find some of these movies if they were... Uh, made by um, Brooklyn filmmakers. Yeah, Brooklyn. See them and maybe like review them and reach out to the people who did it. Uh, yeah, that's cool. And something with Shudder. Uh, the jury was composed of 
uh, Laura Kern, film comment editor, Film Society of Lincoln Center programmer, Matt Donato, We Got This Covered film critic, and Sam Zimmerman, Shutter curator. Some, Zimmerman I follow on Twitter, yeah. He's yeah? the Shutter guy. Would you read out to him? Is he, is he here in, uh, in uh, Brooklyn? I think so. Yeah, have him on the pod. Yeah, get, hey, the, yeah, what, get uh, the Zims. So, the shorts. Okay, the best feature was something called Without Name by Lorcan Finnegan. Lorcan? L-O-R-C-A-N. Lorcan? Okay. I do not know anything about that movie. Uh, best cin- uh, yeah, Without Name also got the best cinematography. Uh, also uh, best editing. So way to go to Without Name. We should try and find it, see it, review it on the pod. Yeah. Or maybe not. How many is that? I do all these. I got a press screening invite for one of that one of those horror things that's coming out. Eyes of My Mother or something? I think it's Tuesday. It sounds so familiar. What is yeah, it? I think I sent you a link to it before. But I don't know what it is. It looks good. Great. <laughs> what well, made it good? What did you watch? What did we watch? No, why don't I flip it around and I do the thing and you do the uh, the breathy uh, singing. Ready? What did you watch? <laughs> what did you watch? <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> Every movie trailer. What the lights are? Is the dangerous? Here we are now. <laughs> 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 New flash horror trailer. Uh, do you want to go first or shall um, I? I can go first. Um, go. What do you got? What did I see this week? I was really, really, really excited for Jack Reacher two called Jack Reacher Never Go Back, Never Stop Reaching. Whatever. Um, I like the first one. I stand by it. First one's uh, well-directed, very fun, procedurally action movie that you can tell was very clearly based on like a series of books about a, a guy like that. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed the first one. Had high hopes for the second one. The second one, Jack Reacher 2, is like just the most generic of sequels mm-hmm. in which there's they don't even... It's like they didn't even try. They really didn't even try. First of all, it has this weird obsession where they keep putting him in, in scenes where he's in like an IHOP, just like the weirdest product placement. Why? I don't know. There's like two or three scenes where he's in an IHOP. It's unbelievable. Um, but the movie itself, it fails because the first one had such a great cast and a great villain. It was literally played by Werner Herzog. And uh, it was just a fun, good action movie. And this one, there's no real villain there's just like this hitman guy who's like on the run after him trying to get him. And it's just like the most generic like on the run type of movie you've ever seen. They add in like a daughter mm-hmm. figure for him that they run around with. And it's like, Jack, I don't need to like humanize Jack Reacher this much. Like maybe right. it seems like they, it's like they skip. Cause it's like, I think there's like 30 books or something. It seems like they skipped like 10 of them and just like went to some random one. That, Lee Child. Yeah. Lee Child. Um, I don't know. I didn't hate it. It's just like, like it was very limp and I was really excited about it. And I hope there's more because it seems like there's a lot of potential for the franchise. But this one is just a fucking bore. Yo, dude, I got pretty nasty on Shutter this week. So I saw Splinter, Demon 2, and Pieces. Like Almost like the same night, I think it was. Lay them on me. Splinter was bad. It was bad. I remember liking. No, it. I did not like it at all. I thought too little, too late. The 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 concept of this thing that like you know changes with the splinters and Hudson's in was good, but everything else about it I just that was really like 
predictable. I'd have to them. Yeah, I did not. I did not care for Maybe it. But I Demon Two or is it Demons Two? I think it's Demons Two. Uh, 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 with Bava and uh, uh, Felucci. Was it Felucci or was it uh, Argento? Excuse me. Uh, Fulci, not Felucci. No, Felucci. Felucci. Uh, no, Felucci. But, but actually, is uh, Argento and uh, Bava. Dude, so good. I think yeah. I, I think I like it better than Demon or Demons. That's the high rise one. Yeah, Demons Two is the high rise one. It's nice. just. Just be- it's like you know ridiculous. Like every single uh, G- giallo film, even though it's not technically a giallo film, it has a kind of like it kind of drifts in and out of sensical uh, f- movie logic, you know, because there's a lot of like the movie starts with like it's this uh, you know big apartment high rise where a lot of you know well-to-do yuppies kind of live in, and they're all watching at the same time these what's presented as a newscast of these kids kind of like examining where the original demons uh, took place, like the movie theater that has since yeah. burned down. But it's like edited, like they're watching a movie. It's not like, here, we're in the news and this and that. It's like, you know, cutting around. So almost like they're watching a movie about people going to the place where the demons thing happened to find and they find like a dead demon. And then when the demon eventually comes, spoiler alert, they actually bring the demon to life Uh-oh. while they're doing it. Then the demon comes to comes it makes its way into the uh, apartment high rise by kind of coming through the TV. Nice. Like they're watching Samara it so it comes style. out. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. and like why so in that sense it's like, oh, this doesn't logically make like sense, but it has it kind of like just drifts into like kind of fantasy for a moment there. But then the rest of the movie is like these demons running around and people fighting for their lives and, and being chased and you know, screaming and, you know, the soundtrack is there's a Smith song in there and a Love and Rockets song, a tragically hip song. So it just is like, it's a fun kind of like, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but it's just fun, stupid, ridiculous. You know, they it doesn't how they end it doesn't exactly make sense, but it's but it's worth it to okay. see it. I think it's very entertaining. So Demons Two, check it out. Pieces was great. Pieces is Pieces. awesome, right? Yeah, it was very good. It reminded me of um, this movie I saw. Whenever Seven was popular, I think it was like a made-for-Showtime movie with Christopher Lambert. I don't know if it ever made the theaters. You know the guy who was a Highlander? Yeah. The idea was it felt like seven where him and the dude from, if you also remember seven, the guy who had to wear the dildo with a knife, he's like freaking out about it. You know that guy? <laughs> yeah. That actor who's like, him, he's partners with Christopher Lambert. They're cops, inexplicably enough detectives, who are trying to find a killer who's doing all these religious-related killings. And again, this thing of like, oh, you got to know like, the Bible stuff. Is that resurrection? Like, it was something like that. It was around yeah. that time. And the and the gist of the movie was this guy was killing people and taking their body parts to sew together and make like a saint with the parts of like people who fall this very rigid, like, oh, they behead this one guy because he's the son of a sailor because this apostle was the son of a sailor. Uh, it's like the arms of this person because it represents blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so they got to kind of like decode things in the Bible to figure out where they're going to strike next. And then it's really poorly made. But this idea of like I'm killing victims and taking the body parts to make something is a very weird kind of reason to make a movie. Pieces does it way better. But yeah, again, also like, again, the movie like is kind of stupid. It has the production quality of, you remember, um, was the movie we saw where it was like, it was almost in the seventies. Like the guy who works at a toy store, who's like Santa Claus, who goes on the kill spree. Uh, is that? It wasn't it, Santa Claus. Was it? It's like not New Year's Eve. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Was that yes. the one? Right? Like he sees his yeah, mom like the, fucking the Santa weird, Claus, rapey and beginning. that's why he yeah. has like. A, even though it's like his dad dressed up. Whatever. Yeah, those, those movies are weird. This pieces has the same sort of feeling of like this guy, this kid, 
kills his mom because she's like mad. That he's like putting as a kid putting together a uh, a jigsaw puzzle of a naked woman. So he kills her with an axe. But when the cops find her, he's like pretending like the kid's like, oh my god, a man came in and like, oh my god, he had watched his mom get killed by an axe murderer. Like no one suspects it's him. Then he grows up. We don't know who. Then these these murders are happening, and a cop is on it. And so many people are suspects. You don't know who the adult version of this kid is because it's clearly the kid. And uh, the ending is so fucking ridiculous when they find the the, the piece together body. Yeah, it's and, it fa- and it's just it's so fucking funny. Overall, I would say worth watching. Yeah, definitely watch that. Uh, and you also watched Purge Three, right? Finally saw Election Year. Finally saw the precursor to the TV show I willed into existence. Yeah. Now you're gonna help me will into a a, a walk on role, a part in Purge the TV show. You know what's I hated about Purge Election Year? What's that? Well, the writing is just so bad. I um, guess the. Uh, how they make like Florida like they make they keep repeating the fact that like because Florida is like a point of contention state, yeah. right exactly but like the way that like because remember like there's a, I, I don't remember much of it but I remember there's a kid who's like they're they're, in, they're one of the polit like the woman who's running for whatever is with them yeah running for mayor president what is no, it president. it's president right yeah. yeah so like so when someone's like hey uh, Jimmy you better tell your idea and she's like like. He's like, no, it's stupid. To win the election, yeah. And she's like, like no, no, please tell get me. Florida, yeah. And he's like, you got to get Florida. She's like, that's, she's like, that's really Holy smart. shit, yeah. you're right. Yeah, she's like, yeah, very good. And then the end, they make a point to be like, yeah. we're watching the news, like, spoiler, she, she survives. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this just in, uh, uh, Senator so so Florida. It just went Florida, so it's pretty much yeah. a landslide. So the writing was the, the deliberate and terrible the very whole time. Good. Very good, the importance of Florida. I still think, it's I, fi- like it's I think fine. it's the best one. Yeah. But again, such a great premise such like a weird B movie execution of a great premise. And like, it feels like these movies all feel like they want to be John Carpenter movies, but they're not. Or in the sense of like, still whenever a purge comes around, the main characters are like preparing for the purge. Like it's the first one. Yeah. And she's like, well, the purge in a couple of days, what are you going to do? It's like, why didn't you leave town last week? What am I going to do? I'm going to go to fucking Toronto for the week. You know, purge on a Wednesday, sweet Atlanta. I get to Toronto on on a Monday. Oh, what about your, like the whole thing about purge insurance being taken away from the guy's store? Purge insurance, the day because yes. how insurance works, you're gonna call up the date hours before the purge. It's like, what? My premiums are going up. I can't afford that. Great, now I don't have any purge insurance. Well, I gotta stay here now, protect my store because they burn it down. It's not insured. Like, insurance doesn't Dude, work get that the way. Fuck out when of there. you pay for insurance, it has like you're paying for, for like that's how insurance works. It's like you pay for it. It's like it covers for a certain amount of time, and you don't re up your insurance the day it's uh, uh, day it's due. If you got a call and like your premiums are going up, it's like yeah, in four months, yeah, that's, you, your premiums go up you're starting tomorrow. The that's not fallacy how insurance here. works. Yeah, fuck you, purge. We and also the guys like, oh, what works. else am I gonna do with my life? It's like I don't know what else you're gonna do with your life. It's like I gotta stay and protect my stores. Like, do you? It's not a riot. Like when I saw that movie, the, yeah. the audience—I saw it like at a screening—and everybody yeah. applauded. Like every time that black guy said anything, like remotely silly. People are loving. I'm it. I remember. I'm trying to remember. Like there was he one line say, in he particular. Because he said like "Negro, please." Yeah, yeah. That was my Negroes. Yeah, but there's another one. There's something really dumb that he says that got applause. Like a. I forget. It's like a repeated thing throughout. I think he. I think he uh, put on glasses, hiked up his pants, and turned and was like, "Did I do that?" <laughs> Urkel. He pulled an Urkel. You know what they do in these movies all the time. Another reason why they ruin the premise and why it must be a TV show is why it must be. They'll introduce and in the purge a terrifying-looking maniac, and then 
that guy or gone. girl yeah. gets killed within like the first like ten minutes. Yeah, like that that one chick who was just like hell bent on like with the machine back getting her candy. It's yeah, like that, that, she could have easily been those three women could have easily been the bad guys. They gold plated AK forty sevens. They got rid of them pretty quick. And then when yeah. they run into the the group of foreigners addressed like Uncle Sam, they're just like all the founding fathers yes. and Uncle Sam. I just I, the symbolism of that was just too rich for them to like. Right. They show up, you're like, oh, they got killed, and then like they get mowed down with machine guns. And again, it's like. That could have been the whole fucking thing. It's like these, like they, we got to kill the Abe Lincoln. We got to kill. Oh my God! We thought we killed Uncle Sam, and now he's yeah, back. They're just like the gone focus right away. is on the wrong things in these movies. Every time it's like following Frank Grillo saving these people. I don't care. Yeah, Show me just the like, crazy shit. In the last one, it was like we got to like stop these rich people who use this as an excuse to like raid the ghetto or like kidnap poor people and like hunt and torture them for sport on that night you know that was that was for pur- that was for purge anarchy and this one was oh all the people who want to keep the purge going and make so much money on it and blah 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 these horrible politicians are holed up in one spot for the night having their like purge mass because they're obsessed with it like the religious implications of it because of course the republicans and the conservatives will control everything and make it about religion and that's why they've made it like blah 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 so they can like find them and kill them what should they kill them or should they beat them in the election fair and square it's like yo dude get to the fucking killing of people just purge yeah it was definitely the best one but i'll give this one a c minus yeah i'd say or a strong c a hard c hard c okay okay are we are we on to the, is it is it time not yet you know what I watched that you, I don't think I've watched any of, season, officially season three of Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Binged it all Everyone's weekend. tweeting about it. It's fucking great, dude. Yeah. It is David Trachtenberg so did one who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's Playtest, I think the one he did. Charlie, uh, we can look at it right now, but the Charlie Brooker yeah. is the main guy. And even this season, he wrote and directed almost all of them. He actually, one of the more compelling ones was uh, ri- co-written with... with uh, Rashida uh, Jones? Yeah. yeah. And it was great. It was... The thing about these is you watch them and like... So season one was three episodes. Season I watched, two was three yeah. episodes. Did you, did you watch any of them? I watched the one with the guy with the eye yeah. recorder. Or and you kind of you kind of get it. Yeah. And some of them are kind of like... The eye one I thought was very good. The, the grain. I didn't continue after that one. I thought it was fine. Um, I'll watch. I'm going to watch it. But they're kind of hit or miss the way like the VHS segments are hit or miss. No, it's bad, but like there'll be one be like that's amazing. This another one be like I didn't need that. But this one, I think, all of them were good, and at least like three of them were like, "Fuck, dude!" Like they kind of hit hit the nail on the head. And how many are there? Five for this new one. There's six. Six. There is one. I'll I'll give you the synopsis of each one. The first one starring uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh. It's basically uh, basically like it's gotten to the point where like there's Yelp for people. Because you because you can like recognize with context like people and our society is structured on how good your rating is so everyone is like overly nice to each other because you can give anyone a star rating and like if it goes below a certain star rating it's like like you can get discounts for being over four because it's like five's the highest the rich and successful people are like in the high four sevens four eights okay. and it's this woman who just spends all of her day being nice and doing nice things and taking pictures of herself and basically obsessing over her rating and getting people just everyone's so nice because they want you you basically rate every interaction and it's like you know hey how's it going? like you just like strangers being like hello yeah. why don't you take my cup thank you so much and like i give you five you give me a five it's like, you know that's like what the world is kind of reduced to of like oh i get it and basically Some like deep shit going on and this girl who's just obsessed with having you know working her way up with her status and trying to impress an old friend of hers who she's going to her wedding who's like a four eight and the girl who we follow starts off as like a four three and 
It's just she's, it, a, she's a four three. But you watch how uh, everyone's just obsessively documenting their life, and it, it's very interesting. The next one, play test. Yeah, that was just your straight up playing a video game. What's real? What isn't? Okay. Very good. This other one called Shut Up and Dance. Fucking, it kind of reminded me. It's like a fucking bleaker version of that Nerve movie you saw. Yeah, which you should watch. But here's what happens. This kid's on his laptop, and you get the impression that he just uses laptop to watch porn and jerk off. And then he gets this email that's like, yeah, we got that on video. Now, be available. We're going to start messaging you in 48 hours. If you don't do exactly what we say, we're sending that video to everyone you've ever met. And he's just like, oh, fuck. So he starts going at it. And he's doing these weird borderline illegal sort of like running around the city these like tasks yeah and every time he keeps running into other people who clearly are also being manipulated yeah. he gets text like, give that guy take the picture to prove that you did it now go to this thing that thing and everyone else he's meeting is like it's an, a guy who's like got caught cheating on his wife right. or a prostitute you keep seeing like all these other people and it's just like forced to do these things and by the way like you find out that this kid's got more skulls in his closet than just like jerking off in front of his computer so it gets really mm. like it's uh, all these people who've done these really bad things, being forced to do humili- being forced to do things that are borderline illegal or could like they get hurt doing it. But it's like do that or get exposed to something horrible you did, and they don't. And it's like it gets like really fucking twisted, and the end is like, oh man, that was kind of rough. Uh, yeah, I'll watch that one. There's one about sure. uploading your consciousness that was good. It was more sad. Mo really liked it. I was kind of like, eh. Uh. But the last two, dude, this one about like a soldier who like. There's like at war what appears to be these like vicious feral mutants they call I think roaches or or, or whatever and these soldiers have to train to like fucking kill them or whatever and when you see them like there's a fucking like terrifying almost like vampire insect looking people or whatever that's how it starts hmm. but here's the thing though one of them kind of like scrambles like because because all of his senses and stuff all these kind of like it goes to the future where like our senses or our computers like our minds are almost like online almost or like and like. Our soldiers are kind of like have these implants in them that kind of like train so everything they've seen, hear, and like communicate with is kind of uh, monitored. And after doing this, but like, he, like one of these monsters before he kills it, like does this like thing like almost like that Men in Black stick that kind of flashes in your yeah, eyes. Fl- he's, just, yeah. he's like, oh, what the fuck was that? And then like when he's back at basic, kind of or back at the base, like weird things are happening. Like, he's seen like these weird things. Turns out not everything is as it seems with these enemies. Ooh. It's really fucked up. And then the last one is. Uh, uh, it's called Hated in the Nation. Who's the lead in um, Boardwalk Empire? The female, the Irish girl. Oh, she's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's so I good. forget her name. I think Kelly McDonald or McDougal or something like that. Sure, that sounds right. She uh, she's a cop, and all these people who are the most hated people on Twitter are suddenly like losing their minds and killing themselves in horrible ways, like slashing their own throats or like having like a ment- like horrible like seizure episodes and killing them. And it's all linked to people who are like trending on Twitter as the most hated person in England. Huh? Yo, dude. Black that Mi- sounds Black good. Mirror's on fucking point. All right. I'm going to watch all of those. Like, watch it. Very You soon. can watch all the, the, the first two seasons, three episodes apiece. Maybe some of them. And there's no, like, I don't need to, like, do any order. No, 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 no. So if you want to go right to season three, by all means, go for it. Cool. So that is what I watched, man. I was watching a lot of motherfucking movies. You caught up to that on Ash vs. Evil Dead? No. I've only seen that first one. Uh, I'm going to watch the premiere of Walking Dead either tonight or tomorrow, and then I think I'm just I'm done. Oh, the new ones t- I want to see Negan kill them, then I'm just going to be like, I don't care. I just feel like, because when I go, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be gone for basically miss three weeks of it, and I can't really watch it because Mo won't be seeing it, and then I'm going to kind of be like... You're just going to wean away, for, wean yourself off I'm not going to watch it because she will want to watch it, but I think we're both like, like I said, like when we watch it, it's like phones out. Let's just watch it and kind of 
have to be on our phones, have talk, do stuff. It's on. Oh. We're a part of this cultural consciousness. But yeah, why well, before was oh I, mean, I kind of get what the show's doing, but I'm gonna like be on my phone and look stuff up. Or but it got to the point where I'm like oh, I'm on Twitter, seeing what people are saying it as they're watching it too. Or what do people have to say about this? Is what's the point? Like I really want to like catch myself and go. If I'm doing things where I'm on my phone the whole time, then that's telling me like I don't care about this thing. Yeah, I feel like the phone has almost stunted my creative growth because I'm no longer excited to engage in things. I'll like engage in almost anything because I can just pull up my phone when I'm bored with it. But I should really be like. Wait, if I'm no, bored, like I shouldn't do this. Your life. I should yeah. only be watching things I'm excited to watch. It's like the thing, actually, Pete Holmes said this on a podcast years ago when it first started. I thought it was so true because he was, by the time he started doing the podcast, he said he didn't drink anymore. He likes to hang out with his friends during the day at brunch and blah, blah, blah. And he had said like, you know, for years it was like I'd go to bars and I'd go to parties and would drink in order to like have fun. And then when he quit drinking, he also kind of thought like, but if I need to be drunk to hang out with these people or do these, th- do these things, maybe that's... Maybe that's saying then I shouldn't be doing this. Like if I can't have a good time at a bar without drinking, I'm not going to a bar. If I can't hang out with people without drinking with them, then I'm not gonna hang out with them anymore. And I've uh, and that's something I've gradually gotten into anyway. But now I'm kind of following that one step further and thinking if I can't watch this without pulling my with laptop yourself, to look yeah. stuff up, if I can't go to this thing and be like, oh that's cool, and like be down on my phone like tweet, texting my friend or tweeting, then I'm just not gonna watch it anymore. Like no, that's fair. It's you know also what I, mean? I mean yeah, I agree with that 100. percent And I'm also someone who watches as a filmmaker and wants to make things, so I should be engaging in content that like yeah. inspires me. You kind of have to. I found myself like having to force myself to put my phone in the other room, and then like everything's yeah. hunky dory. But I also try to only watch things I'm going to be interested in. Yeah, and I feel like... I was, like, I stopped watching Walking Dead. I stopped watching Game of Thrones. I feel like there's, like, this unwritten, almost, like, shame in when people, like, had to schedule enjoyment. I don't mean, like, vacations, but the way, like, you schedule how what you do at work, why is this such a big deal to be, like, I'm going to go see this movie and, like, make a point to, like, sit and watch it and enjoy it. I think that we're too used to, like, the college attitude of, like, I got nothing to do. I'm just going to bum around. But that kind of, then next thing you know, you're kind of on your couch aimlessly watching stuff surfing the internet. Like, I want to almost be like, look, if I need to, like, schedule my fun time the way I schedule my work schedule, then so be it. It, I think people think it's kind of like, yeah, it's the weekend, kind of go to the floor. I'm just going to watch TV and just kind of see what I find. But what happens is you end up watching like The Ace of Cakes or some shitty show you don't want to watch, like Bar Rescue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you're marathoning. Like, like, oh, I'm so stressed. I don't know what to watch next. I don't know what movie to watch next. I don't know what great show yeah, to watch next. I'm so what are watch you watching? Chopped. Yeah, Bar Rescue in the background while you're on your phone, like fucking doing dumb shit on Twitter. It's like, I think that kind of like, that endless no, engagement online kind of like sates that anxiety of what do I do next? There's too much cool stuff to do or too many like important things to take Black care Mirror of. is really having an effect on you. No, I already felt, I always I felt this way. I think it's more, you know what honestly it is? It's because between planning the wedding, which took so much of my free time and also planning uh, our uh, honeymoon, a long Japanese fucking vacation, which I'm excited about, my free time became so limited that I was like, fucking hey, I'm never gonna have time to do anything. Like, even watching movies, I saw more movies this week for this than I have when I had nothing to do. Because I was Cause like, you like did it. Because I was like, okay, Sunday we got to do this, 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 and this for the wedding. It has to get done. And we just got came home, or we did some shit, did it. It was like eight o'clock. It's done. Great. I'm going to fucking relax now. But I want to spend my time doing something valuable as opposed to watching a show I don't even like. Makes sense. Yeah. Good. Good rant. Thank you. I'm with you. Ready to talk about yoga hosers? I really don't. Let's keep it brief. <laughs> how, how are we doing on time? very long we've got been talking for an hour and six minutes oh great yeah 
So Joe made me watch yoga hosers. I didn't make you do anything. Well, Joe watched we yoga had to hosers. Watch this, this is our job. Joe's been talking this. about yoga hosers for months. I felt like it I had have, to be I safe. was avoiding it because uh, let's, I'm sure if you're listening, you know what it is. But if you don't, it's Kevin Smith's latest opus. Yeah. It's the second movie in his quote unquote True North trilogy, which just means movie set in Canada in which I make a bunch of juvenile jokes that Canadians would probably fucking hate. Yeah. Um, first one was Tusk, which I walked out of famously yeah, tusk to me was it parallels uh well tusk i think was worse than both green inferno and knock knock yeah fuck tusk yeah. was i mean I, I hesitate to say the worst movie i've ever seen but as far as yoga hoja is worse i'll say tusk to me as far as making an effort to make a movie it's the worst movie i've ever seen and i and i and i would consider it like you know, bird demic and, and uh, fucking the room to where those movies, they have a merit of like, let's all laugh at the losers who fucked us up. Cause yeah. those movies are made by amateurs. There's so many movies made by amateurs that suck that are quote bad. This movie about Tusk and we'll leave in the yoga hosers are movies that are like, they're mind boggling bad for a man who's proven for almost 20 years that he can make good movies or entertaining movies. He with well, yoga Tusk, I think was worse than this movie, but both movies, that's why both movies have proven to me. Like, here's Did a guy, you watch this movie. Here's a guy who is so consumed with himself and proving a point to the bad people who said mean things to him. That this, he, that he, yeah. he, that he is, is stuck in a loop of making terrible movies that I think like he'll never be able to get out of. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I'm sure we talked about cuts with before, but like, when I was what high school or mm-hmm. maybe even like late junior high, obsessed with Kevin Smith. Like yeah, everyone was. Oh my god, I saw Clerks when it came out in '94 as a freshman in high school. I was like, oh my god, that's the first feeling. I was like, something was made for me. Yeah, totally. Salsa Shark, incredible. Just I thought it was incredible. And then Mallrats, I, I loved. I love chasing him. But and then I think it was Dogma was more. I was like, holy shit, dude. Like I, I saw it whenever it came out '99. Or, yeah, I was in college. And that's the movie I walked out being like, wow, this guy's like growing the way that I'm growing. He's becoming more sophisticated, interested in the world the way that I am. And to have a movie that's like anti-organized religion as I'm like a sophomore in high school, be like, yeah, fuck all that. Yeah, you know? and I thought it was it was particularly cool because Kevin has always been so, I don't know, he's always been like outspoken. He ke- it, felt like he, it felt like he captured my generation's zeitgeist. Yes, and like when Dogma came out, like there's this famous... Uh, News interview where people are protesting outside the movie, and it and he was one of the protesters because like, nobody knew who it no one knew like. who he was. Yeah. Like all people, and he was like, you He's know, like, yeah, this movie sucks. Like I forget the sign that he had, but dogma is dog shit. Yeah, I think and they made him and they made shit. him put a thing over so dogma's dog. Yeah. So yeah, and he's like, yeah. So he had like a sense of humor. I think felt like he was just like in the cut. Like he, like he had it. Like he knew his voice. He knew his yes. audience. And then I saw he was kind of like getting away with murder. Like he and also like Miramax, especially the Weinstein brothers, were still there. And for whatever reason, they loved him so much, and they were like, let's give him the money. He just he basically his dream came. Every dream of a filmmaker him. wanted. Yeah. They bet the house, and they came back in spades. He was making a ton of money. He he was one of the few filmmakers. Think about this. By the time Dogma came out, he was one of the few filmmakers who could tour just to talk to his fans. That's what I'm saying. In theaters. Yeah. Who else at that year could do it? Maybe Tarantino, even though he wouldn't. But he wouldn't, yeah. Maybe, um, uh, even makes a joke that even fucking uh, 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 Gangs of New York. Scorsese. Scorsese could do that. You know, uh, Woody Allen had famously done a few evening with talking. He even once does a joke to be like, yeah, I'll go to some colleges and talk about movies. He was so beloved, he could go to a do a college tour just to talk. And I went. John Waters I, did I, one of those, I, I too. I went to the one. That's unbelievable. But, like, yeah, when I found uh, 
I think I rented an evening with Kevin Smith from the Skokie Public Library. I listened to the audio of that on listen to a movie.com. Did you ever go there? No. Oh man. It's just like audio. Of it's movies. just the audio of movies, which I know now there's on YouTube. It was pre YouTube. I listened to because it's almost like a stand up album. It was yeah. like he just tells stories. Well, like, his story is so funny. He's a great storyteller. Excellent and that's why um, I was when Smodcast started, which must have been, geez, like six years ago now or something. Five, it was six definitely years ago. before WTF. I mean, he was one of the first guys yeah. doing it. So when Smodcast started, and it just been was him like, and, as long as like oh uh, yeah dude and the Adam Carolla podcast. It was just him like, and Scott Mosier at first. Yeah. Just uh, it was it was and I listened every week. It was like a radio show, uh, just the, the the beginning of podcasting in a way. But it was such a weird thing to be like he's recording audio talking. You got to like download it or like listen on your computer. Like it was long before there was the podcast section of the iTunes store. I mean, yes. So I listened to that. He was doing that. it before you had an iPhone to listen to it on. Yeah. Certainly. And then um, then it branched. Like, he started loving that. And then he branched out. And uh, Smodcast became like a company. Yes. With multiple podcasts. Now there's like, oh, I can't even count how many. And also but he and also he started the Smodcastle, which was a, a, venue. a small venue wired for live sound. And all like for a year and a half that it was up, I remember like, People got married there. The Nerdist did a yeah. bunch of episodes there, and they were just talking about like, oh my God, we could do a live show here. Like it was The whole place was wired for sound. Yeah. It was it was a theater that was built was a podcast to theater. do yes. audio, which is like incredible. So I was obsessed with Kevin Smith even then, which is not that long ago. A real quick side note. I think him doing that's a great thing. His, his, he had the gift for Gab, and he was able to at the beginning be like, here's how we talk. The same way that that uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino and, and his first three movies. Yeah. Here's how, he listened to this amazing dialogue. Not the same, but like they figured out a way to take their unique way of talking and, and make movies about it. I think part of Kevin Smith's downfall as a filmmaker is it's directly related to his this, these other ventures. Like to it, me, like, it debuted by the way February fifth, two thousand seven. That's fucking insane. Wow, I, that brings me back. I listened to that podcast. I listened to Tell Him Steve Dave, which was all the guys who now have a TV show on AMC that because of him. Yeah, those guys. Uh, Walt Flanagan. I forget the other guy's name. Uh, Lynch, I think. Uh, you, they used to have a show called Get Up On This with Jensen Carper, which I still listen to. That's now an Earwolf. Yeah. But it was like, yeah. I mean, and then like um, he had so many shows with- He had uh, one with his wife. Yeah. But, yeah uh, and then he had Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Garman. He did one for a while. Happens. One thing that- The John Lovitz one. He did a thing with- uh, with um, Jason Muse for a while. Yeah. And the gist of the show was they just went through Muse's life and they went through yeah. his drug addiction. They went through his problems. He basically like Muse and him like talked it all out because famously when Smith and Muse got to Hollywood, that was at the same time that like, you know, remember Breck and Meyer and like, and, and like uh, <laughs> Toby Rat Race and, and like Toby McGuire. Like there was like, trip. you know, and, 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 and Jake Gyllenhaal, like those guys were like bratty teenage Hollywood stars and they had an entourage and, and Muse kind of like went to LA and just did drugs and yeah. hung around with those guys. There's tons of stories of going to parties and fighting with them. Like Muse got absor- absorbed into the, the dark side of Hollywood hangarounds. I'm a young star and it was bad. Almost killed him. And he survived, thank God, and he sobered up. And, yeah. and and Smith was there to be like, "Yo, dude, you're." Uh, Kevin Smith kept putting him in his movies to basically keep him from like losing all his money. Like that's yeah. incredible. He made a movie starring Jason Mewes, Jane Bob's Silent ba- Jane Silent Bob's Strike Back. The whole ruse. This is where he was fucked up during that whole movie. And this is where Kevin Smith kind of like it turned 
for I'm sorry for the worst, at least creatively. He made that movie to save to save Jason Mewes. That movie he made it because Mewes was a drug addict, had no money for him, was was pissing his life away, and he was like, I'm gonna make a movie where you star in it, so I can keep tabs on you. We'll go to Canada and make it, so I can keep tabs on you and stop you from fucking like ODing. That was a point of that fucking movie, and that's a beautiful thing for a friend to do. But that movie fucking sucks. I saw in the theater, I was just like. I Ooh. could write a better movie than that. That movie's an inside joke. So, it's, it's an inside joke. Yes. It's a Kevin Smith movie histor- historian. And, and unfortunately, joke. everything since then has been an inside joke. With It was an inside joke for his fans. It was inside jokes for eventually for his podcast fans. And everything became more and more of an inside joke to where we get to Yoga Hosers, where it's an inside joke for one person, Kevin Smith. And Kev, I know you never hear this. I feel you, bro. It sucks. It's hard to make something. And, if, and we'll get into it, like what you're doing this, but... You, there's no reason to make a movie for one person. There's no fucking reason. To this do movie, that. I'm sorry, is astounding and like just like what the fuck is happening. It is on the, the level time. of, I mean, I get. It. I can't compare it to anything. I've never seen anything like it. The way I've that never he, seen the way like that it. he made those last fucking movies for uh, for Jason Mewes, it feels like this movie. He was like, I love my daughter. Great, I'm sure she's amazing. She has her best friend who's also Johnny Depp's daughter. Johnny Depp's daughter, great. They're best friends. I think they're so funny. I, I want my daughter to be a star. I want to spend time with her. The whole reason of making this movie to like enrich his relationship with his daughter, great, to help her in a career, terrific, to spend time with his family, make it a family affair. That's so great. But if you're going to do that, don't make this fucking movie. Like this movie, as I told you when I, when I told you to see this movie, I'm watching it the first half. I'm like, oh, this is like a Disney kids movie. And if only he made it more of a kid's movie, this movie would have made sense. It's a kid's movie until it's not, and then it's like a movie for nobody. I think I still think you shouldn't call it a movie because it's just a hodgepodge of... You, this movie came to be, just like Tusk, from an episode of Smodcast in which Kevin Smith was stoned out of his fucking gourd mm-hmm. and him and Scott were riffing, and then this became a movie. But so like after Jane Silent Bob again, he makes like a romantic yeah. comedy Jersey Girl, and it just is all like, yeah, I'll make it with Affleck, and make it with my hero fucking uh, Carlin. Carlin, it's like oh, just like the and then the Clerks too, which basically like, hey audience, here's the thing that you want. And he started podcasting to kind of like start promoting Clerks too. Then it's Zach and Mary makes a porno, which is which is a failed that's attempt a, to make. That's it, a make turning it. point for me. You know why? Why? Because that. People may think that Kevin Smith's always been a stoner because his movies are all about stoner culture. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith did not smoke weed until Seth Rogen introduced him to the to it pretty much on the set of that movie. Is that right? Yes. No, I think you can was you can trace it back. Dude. I think it was smoking. You can listen to those. I listen to the smart. You can you can listen to the smartcast get worse. Well, he said he, he said he started wake and baking when uh, when when cop out fucking flamed yeah, out. Yeah, no, because that's after. That was after Zach and Mary. Zach and Mary, Seth Rogen, introducing him to pot. So I feel like if I look at his filmography, it's like Jane, Silent Bob, Strikes Back was a movie where he just was stopped making movies to like say something and started making his movies based around socializing his with his friends. His universe. Just basically like looking internally be like, uh, I want to make a movie with He collapsed friend. into himself. I want to make a movie with Affleck. I want to make a movie, Clerks 2, that's the that's a sequel to my hit movie, like I'm going back to the well. Zach and Mary was. Mallrats a, 2 is happening right now. I know, I know. But then Zach and Mary was a failed attempt to make like a blockbuster comedy. And then that's. Which when, is it's an okay movie. And then, yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. But it's also like kind of about if he making clerks. Yeah. But if, it, if he made clerks, but it was also porno. Like, you know what I mean? The part where they're like, oh, we have no money to make our porno movie. We want to make like this big, like, they want to make, like, if I recall correctly, they want to make a porno movie. It's that, like, like Star Wars parody. Yeah. And then they lost all their money or couldn't do it or something. And like, they were like, oh, we're fucked. They film it in their coffee shop. And, yeah. And the same way that they famously, when they wanted to first make Clerks, Kevin Smith wrote like a really like long, confusing movie. Yeah. About, um, 
almost like a David Lynchian comedy, he said. And he got the advice from a buddy. Or maybe it was like, uh, I don't know who gave him the advice, but someone gave him the advice to, or I think when they saw El Mariachi, they were like, mm. oh my God, we can make a movie. But we, they, they were, he was going to make a movie. It wasn't going to be Clerks. It was right. something that was super expensive and like yes. referenced like, like really like smart like art house films. They wanted to make like a joke art house film, I think is what they wanted to do. And then after seeing El Mariachi and some advice from someone, they were like, oh, we'll make a movie, blah, 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 who cares? So Clerks, but exactly, Zach and Mary make a porno was kind of like the story of me making Clerks as a porno. Then Cop Out happens and that thing flops and he gets so mad and then it just... Cop Out was his attempt to direct somebody else's script, right? Yeah, and also make like a buddy cop movie. From that point forward in 2010... Which was called A Couple of Dicks before it was called Cop Out. He gets his bug up his ass but how mean the critics were and everything since then has been some sort of uh, parody or some sort of parallel or some sort of jab as he sees it as at critics. But he's always been acting and this is when it got so bad. It's like... He's been so childish about the critics. He's just like, oh, they're so mean. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, I'm going to bake this thing into my movie basically being like, yeah, big fuck you to fucking the, the pretentiousness of the standard he's held up to. And he just want to be like, Kevin, fucking get over it, man. Like you've built so many, like fine, make a movie just for your fans. You could do it for $2 million. You have a fan base in place. You have an incredibly popular podcast. You have incredibly popular now a radio network. You can go on tour with your fucking movies. You can make two, three mil back, no problem. You have a system in place most people would fucking beg would fucking beg to have yeah shut up about the yeah you're right A.A. A. Dowd and fucking everyone at at the fucking uh, New York Times and fucking Variety think you're childish let them fucking think that who cares you're only proving their point by further like dwelling on it and making an entire movie so when we get, when we get the to yoga hosers to it's like you. he literally made a movie just how great he thinks his daughter is and I'm sure she's a wonderful person and he loves her and why not a great actress maybe a great person and not only that but like the girls in this it's just so I thought I honestly felt like if you thought of it as a Disney movie because it has the you kept telling me that think of it as a kids movie but I can't because it's not it, I know. It, it was so nonsensical it has the ineptitude and the way that a, a, a Disney made for Disney TV movie would have like the girls are so ditzy and so like <laughs> and the boys are so when like oh my god like the parents are so dopey and dumb you're like oh my god but it doesn't matter because there's too much like Nazi shit in it you know what I mean dude let's just beat for beat like go through this movie because I'm trying to make sense of it I mean which, I mean, what's their uh, their kids that work at a convenience store they're, they're 17, clerks they're obsessed with their phones they're and clerks. all like oh my god that's so basic and so the first always social, on Instagram and always talk about social media so Kevin Smith's first statement seems to be look how dumb these millennials are staring into their phones all the time yeah. like make, making fun of them using phrases that nobody actually uses everyone says something like, this is so basic and epic fail and stuff like that so it's like grating to just listen to yeah and watch um, and the whole premise is they they want to go to this party. Like it goes to so a many different directions. A boy invites them to a party. And a they boy go, invites them to a party. Oh no, they have to work because their dad's going out of town suddenly with his with his girlfriend who they hate. So now they got to work that night. But then they come with the harebrained scheme. Hey, bring the party over to the to the convenience. They're going to bring the at. party to the convenience store, which is called a a, a to z ed to z. Yeah, a to z. Because every joke in this movie is just about how like. Just like the surface level Canada joke of like they say a boot a hundred times. Sorry about that. A boot that. Like you never, you never, really, you never really knew about like a boot. You never noticed how much people say the word about until it's boot. 
No, Suri? you don't. People don't actually say it that much. Is Kevin it? just puts it in everyone's a mouth every, every four yeah, seconds. Yeah, it was very, uh, very frustrating. So he says Suri and a boot every four seconds. So it's first. So the first part of it is like, look how wacky my daughter and her best friend Johnny Depp's daughter is of just talking about like you know girl stuff and they sing two songs in the rock band in it. Yeah, they sing. St- it's really just weird. Why? But then it's revealed when they invite the cute boy and his friend over to par- bring the party over. It turns out these boys, they're not throwing a party. They're tricking those girls because they want to do a virgin sacrifice because they're obsessed with Satan. Yeah. Never, but like, never implied ever. It was just like. I was to say, it was the most offhand, like, hey, let's go murder these chicks I've like, ever seen okay. in a movie. Like these two guys who were otherwise sweet and like you, seem, you think like they're going to go to this party. All of a sudden, right before this whole scene happens, they're just like, all right, so we're going to go there and then we're going to murder them. Like, I had a knife, let's go kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, what the, the fuck then is the, this? Then they're there and there's a whole kind of misunderstanding about he almost kills her and she told, pulls on a knife and like, like, I'll cut your dick off, whatever. But the, this goes by so fast all of a sudden. Then these Nazi mini Nazi sausages bratwurst show up and they kill both these boys by jumping jumping their in asses. their buttholes and coming out their mouths. And the girls defend themselves by doing yoga poses. Yes, the girl's defense to fight away the, the the little mini sausages that are attacking them is to like, like almost Power Ranger style, like go to each other, and be like let's do yoga poses. Yeah, but more, more, more accurately, yo- like um, Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Like the, yes. like the funny wacky yoga poses that they were taught in yoga class. Uh, so like, are, it, are also like defense. It's moves. entirely superfluous and doesn't need to exist. But like, that's the way they kill them. Like they'll like do like a cartwheel and land on one. Or yeah, it's like what the fuck. Then they get arrested for manslaughter because they get arrested the for cops only find the dead bodies. The cops think they murdered those two guys by somehow go, going in their butts. Here's what gets like, really I don't weird. understand. While they're in jail, the Johnny Depp character dressed up like Guy Laporte, I think it's called. Guy Laporte. Huge, huge nose, beard, speaking. He's real the point. When he showed accent. up in Tusk, I walked out. So yeah, this was, was really all stupid. new to me. He has like a, like a, a goofy accent. He gets them out of pr- prison because the one girl, not Kevin Smith's daughter, Johnny Depp's daughter, is like, look, we know who killed it. These bratwursts. And he's like, yeah, I, I saw one there, so I believe you. And he's like, and the daughter's like, there's a secret passage. I'll show it to her if you get us out of here. So he gets her out of there, gets them both out of there. They go to the store, and he's like, where's the secret passage? She's like, give us one second. We got to change out of her clothes. Then they go to the bathroom, and she's like, yeah, I was just kidding. There's no secret passage. I lied to get out of there. And she's like, oh, my God. I can't believe I lied. Now what are we going to do? He's like, but we got to figure it out because we, you know, time's running out. Turns out there is a secret passage. Yeah. Just all of a sudden. What? Nothing, yeah, what? Not a th- nary a thing makes sense in this. So then they go down this, they get kidnapped and dragged down to this tunnel, and there's where the third X starts. Turns out a Nazi who was a was a was a Canadian Nazi built a chamber below the the now convenience store back during World War II and created out of meat these sausages that were supposed to grow to full-size men, Nazis, and he also froze himself, but somehow, seven years later... Because they were playing their their little punk rocks show. When they blew out the power... Because I guess there's never been a power outage at that that, uh, convenience store in 70 years. Yeah. It shut down all the stuff, so they awoke too early, and now his Nazi men are now sausages that he bred to get inside, wait for it, to get inside this monster made out of flesh, that's his latest work of art because this Nazi used to be an artist and all the critics were mean to him and he was so sad he froze himself and now he's up to, ma- to, to bring alive this creation that's going to go kill all the critics in Canada. Literally, he says this. And now the girls have to stop this monster from killing all the critics because that's wrong to kill people. Even Guy Laporte's there to be like, nah, who cares? They're just critics. Go kill them. Yeah, and for some reason, there's no motivation explained for why these girls suddenly are like, oh, he's going to kill critics? Like, let's, let's go save them. It's more like, oh, it's so mean to kill anybody. Oh, my God. 
It's just so. It's so on the nose, and like, there's no uh, subtlety to any of it. It's like, I hate critics. This this is my statement. Anybody to critics who's been anyone who has watched Disney Channel type kids movies, movies made for kids, made for like the Disney Joe Channel loves or other. No, you watch them and they're this inane. The characters are are one note. Everyone's an exaggerated version. The the teenage kids in it are like really smart and they get into dumb adventures and just the stories like and then this happened and this like they're not well made because kids are dumb and they'll just watch anything and what ten year old wouldn't want to watch teenage girls, uh you know save the world from a walking sausage monster ha 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 <laughs> so my feeling of this was like if he just made this a PG movie like how those movies are and kind of like cut out the Nazi stuff cut out uh you know, a handful of like you know. There's a whole scene at the beginning where they're arguing about the mom. No, the girl's like, oh, we're having our periods. No, you're not. I know when you're having your periods because we're in sync. Like, cut out all that shit. This movie could have been PG. It could have sold it to any fucking kids network. Why make this a kids movie with, like, R-rated jokes? I have a better idea. They should have just never made this at all. Again, he made this movie just to be like, I want to hang out with my daughter all the time. And Johnny Depp's hanging out with his daughter all the time. Okay, but why... Why drag us into it? <laughs> yeah. Why not just make it for the Smod Network and charge people, which I'm sure he's doing ten dollars. Well, uh, yeah, like it. there's no. This movie played in theaters for like a week, if any, if that, in New York. Like, he's. It's very much. This is my little creation, and it's not going to get. Any he play acts anywhere. like. Yeah, he acts like. Oh yeah, I'm making this for my fans, and and but he even said at Sundance he was like, uh, you know what? I just realized I don't give a shit with the audience. He did thinks. a whole podcast. With Ralph Garman, where they read reviews of Yoga Hosers and like made fun of it. Yeah, but the whole thing is like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Before, it was like, I don't give a fuck about the critics. Fine, don't. But then don't keep bringing it up. And then he even said at Sundance, the quote I think was like, I just I just got done giving a shit what my audience thinks. Whoa, 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 whoa. You have something set up. Like, you should give a big shit what your audience thinks. Yeah. You know, like, for the kid who comes in who's 14, finds clerks, buys clerks, buys ball rats, buys chasing Amy, buys dogma. When Jane Silent Bob strikes back, he's like, oh, this is pretty funny. Then clerks too. He's like, eh, Jersey girl. And then by the time he's like, fuck this, he's 28 and doesn't give a shit anymore. And here come new 14, 14 year olds coming down the yeah. line. You should be totally, you should be like 311. You should be making stuff specifically for your fans yeah. over and over again. Have the 311, Kev- Kevin Smith Cruise? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He's just the <laughs> Kevin Smith Cruise. It's like, but they'd be like, yeah, fuck that. I'm making a movie about I want to hang out my daughter. To fly. It's like, why did you, why are you mad at us? Why are you mad at your fans? You don't have to make another Mall Rats or Chasing Amy. Make your dumb juvenile movies, but don't, nah. this movie, this movie's not even for his fans. It's for nobody. Think of a diehard Kevin Smith fan right now. Kid smoking pot, 16, in high school. Yes. Wants to get stoned and watch Close to This Body. Just be like, dude, we should make a movie like this. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude, I get the money. Like, he would hate yoga hosers. Yeah. I, in addition, and by to the this, way, he sexualizes his daughter in this like crazy amount. Yeah. she is showing her cleavage throughout this whole fucking movie. I and she's never supposed to be saw, fifteen. It's yeah. very weird. And his daughter, his daughter, and Johnny Depp's daughter are both seventeen. I will and say, she was not sexualized at all in this movie. Johnny Depp's daughter proves that she's like a pretty good actress. Yeah, not bad. While Kevin's daughter is just like, dude. Like Why? you know, you Why know, because do they don't do anything wrong in the whole movie. They're so clever and they outsmart everyone, and, and like nothing really bad happens to them except like, oh, we gotta work. Let's invite the let's invite the cute boys who totally want to hook up with his daughter, with Kevin Smith's daughter. To, is a guy from fucking Teen uh, 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 Wolf? What's he from? I don't know. Yeah, he looked like J- Jason. He's Mies. a real pretty boy. Yeah, like I think he's like kind of like a star, like a, a teen heartthrob. Yeah, who wants to get all over. Kevin Smith's daughter. Yeah. There's whole movies about how cool and gorgeous she is. Yeah. It's weird. I'm not saying it's, she's not. I'm no, just saying like, just yo, weird, dad, man. you made a movie about these boys who want to have sex with your daughter. But really, they want to kill her. And she beats him up. And then... Yeah. Oh. It's 
in addition to just being nonsense, like entirely nonsense, yeah. it's just the humor is out, nothing's funny. Like how did he get every joke is like a lame like toilet humor. Yeah, well, he as someone who smokes pot, I don't want to be like it was the pot, but dude, his everything he's done has gotten like very much worse. Again, but what's gotten worse about is like his ability to make not make great films, but like it puts him in this weird place mentally. I think he's just so hellbent on trying to prove some point or trying to like keep going back to the well of like I got to fight with these imaginary people on Twitter to like my movies. He's a guy who peaked with his first thing. So like I feel like he's he'll never he just is trying to relive some glory. I don't think I don't relive. think Robert Rodriguez's films have gotten much better, and he has in, in, he in a parallel universe. So Robert Rodriguez has now the El Rey Network, kind of the same way that Kevin Smith has the Smod Network. Yeah, the same thing. They've they've built a place where they can just make their stuff and produce their things, and the audience is there to keep doing it. I've never heard, I've never seen Robert Rodriguez go on about you know oh yeah well just the fans do, uh, uh, the critics just don't get it. I'm sure people are slamming the shit out of the Dustal Dawn show. I'm sure people are slamming the shit out of his Predator remake. I'm sure I can find tons of people being like what happened to Robert Rodriguez? Listen to Robert Rodriguez on any fucking podcast, including the Tim Ferriss one, which is excellent. Robert Rodriguez can't speak highly enough about how happy he is with his work, how much fun he's happened, how much he loves making stuff, loves his TV show. There's a guy who's just like in his elements with his fans, and he's like, yes, I am in heaven. If you listen to Kevin Smith, and Kevin Smith is just like, yeah, I don't care. I totally don't care. I don't care they don't care. I want to care. So I'm going to make a movie about how much I don't care. I totally don't care. It's like, yeah, dude, you clearly care. Like, calm the fuck down. You have a house. Like, you're doing fine. Yeah. Just forget it. And like the, the, the podcast thing is working out for him to the point of like, you don't need to go make a movie. Or if you want to make a movie starring your daughter and be all like, yeah, it's just for me and my kids, then don't fucking release it. Or make a kid's movie that you can sell. This movie is like not for anyone except him. And everybody be like, yeah, I just don't care. I'm going to make a... Like, I understand the, hey man, make movies for you, but they mean your taste, not actually you. If you want to do that, be like, like Prince. Just yeah, you hang up, <laughs> make your vault, put it in there, goodbye. This is hyper specific. Like, even, like, I, I don't even think he... Like, who would find this funny? It is it is the equivalent of that that Friday song that was Rebecca Black made. Yes. But I mean, the story behind that, if people don't remember, was it was some girl that went to some place for like she's like fourteen or fifteen, and for like seriously like four or five thousand dollars, they'll write a song for you, and make like a music video for her. Whether or not this girl wanted to be a musician, any fucking fourteen to sixteen year old girl would love to be like, yeah, look, it's my friends, and like we're like a professional movie shoot. And yeah. I'm sure she came for money, but the point is like like living out of fantasy. And everyone like shit. Like, isn't she a fucking idiot? It's like, yeah, it's it's a child. Like, lay off of her. This is that like steroids version of that. He just is like, hey, sweetie, you want me to write a movie where you star in it with your best friend and you go on an adventure and you just and I'm a filmmaker and I'll just show it to all my fans and blah 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 and you'll be a movie star. Yes, dad. Like, okay, fucking great. Yeah, I. Uh, it's I, just such I, a bummer. I just can't. I can't remember my head around it, especially because. I used to be such a fan. The only reason I like this movie better than Tusk is Tusk is so unsettling. It is so fucking unsettling. Yeah, which I guess is something. Uns- and not yeah. unsettling to the point of like, like, like the movie Irreversible, Irreversible by before mentioned Gaspar Noel about that horrific rape scene. That movie is unsettling, but in like an artistic way. Or like Bad Lieutenant's unsettling in an artistic way. Fucking Requiem for a Dream was unsettling. And like, I don't want to see any of those movies ever again, but like Tusk was like, I feel I want to cry. It's so bad and disturbing. And not like an artistic way, like I'm like, oh, Kevin, what have you done? What have you guys done? Yeah, like why? Why did you, you know, at least this movie is like, eh, it's a dumb kid's movie. I still think that's a weird classification involving a movie with Nazi sausages jumping on people's butts. But all right. I get the, the I don't know. I, this movie has left me speechless. I just feel like 
all things considered, like as we've done this pod and as I've worked on stuff and felt like as a little as I go, I feel like my career is moving in the direction very slowly that I want it to. It's not unlikely, and I'll speak positively for a minute, that one day I will meet Kevin Smith. And one day we might even be like at a thing where it's like, I made a movie and him made a movie. And like yeah. we might like meet. And I just almost am like afraid to because I just would be like, <sighs> I'm not angry at him. No, I yeah. just almost am like, I asked I just a wanna, question. I, I just want like, the... I want to like hug him and just be like, stop. Yeah, I want to like, just like be get real home. with him. Like, dude, I'm a big, I, like, I'm such home. a fan. Like, just stop. And like, you're just digging a digging a hole. I know, just just like digging a ditch. You know, it's just like please stop. Not stop making movies. Just being like really because he, but he to make it, movies that you want to. To his credit, know. he has said by this time, by the since Zach and Mary make a porno, every time he makes a movie, he's just like, you know what? I said fuck, I'm just gonna make the thing I want to make. Or I said fuck, the quick's gonna do it. And you think like, here we go, we're back. And then it's like something even worse that's even more petty. It's just like, how do we get him to stop being petty? How do we get him to truly focus on making something he thinks is great and not spending he's been time talking about daughter. that hockey movie for a long time? Maybe he'll finally do it. I don't know. <sighs> All right. So, Kev, I love you, man. But this movie. I, I'm so happy that you are spending time with your daughter. I don't have kids, but I'm sure I will kill to be able to spend that much quality time with my daughter or son someday. But as a fan of yours and as someone who really cares about you, this just this just is bad. This is really bad, bro. Yeah, Yoga Hosers is... I still believe you can turn it around and you will someday. Probably the worst movie I've seen this year. This year? Yeah, yeah in a long time. Uh, yeah, I have This faith. won't make our turkey shoot just because I went in thinking it was going to be bad. At least with yeah. our turkey shoot, which we'll do when I get back. That'll be episode we get back. Okay. When I get back, those movies were like, oh, we thought this was going to be good and this is bad. This movie was like, I knew this was going to be bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, also, think I tried. I don't want to be all hate. Like, I tried. I also have faith that he could one day come back, but he's got to knock it off with this I hate everything. I hate critics thing. Like, it's really his, it's a through line. And he also has to, do, he has to knock off this. I'm going to put my friends and family in movies. I get like. Well, that's, that's what he's made an entire career off of. But like, for instance, at the end, the the main Nazi guy was his buddy from Hollywood Babylon. What's the guy's name? Ralph Garman, just doing impressions. But that's the problem. Is like he's finding a way to shoehorn his friend's talents into a script. It's like, look, man, like, no. Yeah, it's bad. Why don't you take a break from putting all your friends in a movie? By the way, he didn't do that with Red State, and I thought Red State was good. I do. Red State State. is his best of recent memory, but I still thought it lacked a lot. Like, there's this. I thought what he did alone with Michael Parks was like worth worth. Worth seeing and like worth commenting and being like, I could be like, dude, Red State, good job. There's this thing he mentions in an evening with where he was talking about making that Superman movie they never made. Yeah. And how like if he made Superman, it would just be a scene with like all this destruction happening around him. And then they'd cut to Superman and somebody just joking around and like dialogue and they wouldn't show the action. There's a scene in Red State just like that where John Goodman, there's all this like action and guns being fired and John Goodman's just like up against something like talking. And I figured, I think that was an like an homage to that or he just really is inept at setting an action scene like that. Or just using, being like, oh, I never used that idea. Maybe. All right, we've been talking for way too long. Okay. This. So that's the, our Yoga Hosers episode. I will be gone for... Three episodes, I think. Guys, I love you, but I got to take a break. Getting married, going to uh, Japan. I'm handing the keys to the kingdom over to one Brett, Brett Rolled Arnold. Yes. Brett Tholomew Arnold. I'll be more full of life next week. With yeah, because it's going to be on your shoulders. Why don't you do guest. me a favor and pretend this is as important as your nude podcast? <laughs> and I'm sending you a link to the song that I want to use at the beginning of this. And uh, hopefully you will... 
Deliver Baby. I mean, my, my solo episode is still one of the best ones of all time. <laughs> one of the best ones of all time. Whatever helps you sleep at night, man. Uh, that does. My name is Brett Arnold, at Brett Redacted on Twitter. My name is Joe Vella, at Joe Vella on Twitter, and we forgot to crown the king of the one word. Uh, We're going to keep it going. Keep it going until I get back, guys. <laughs> Love you. Bye. See you later. Sexual organ located in the lower abdominal area. No man, it's dick. Ew! I'm on your case, I'm in your face, and you and your father back and put stuff up, sucker, on this dick. No, you're not bad. I'm the man. I'm the man, I'm bad. I'm so much being attention. I'm a man! Alright. So, as this rap is winding down, it's plain to see we wear the crown. You know why I'm black, this is number one. But we don't care, we just want to have a festival. Colleen, girls just want to have fun. Hey, that's a song. Colleen, man.